0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold, coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of
1: 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zahn!
2: You don't want to be This ain't no whole sweet home It's a whole sweet misery We knew when we got here They tried to put us away But when they see us walk down the street They ran the other way That's free It's L-O-T-A That's free In
0: the whole U.S.A That's
2: free Nasty and hot The good and black You ain't the better you got it got Hey, this is the best to look. Now, it's a funny time you guys are fucking reviewing a couple of Sly movies. You know, I'm pretty excited about this. You know, I can't fucking wait to hear you guys review two of the greatest action movies of all time. You know, fucking Rhinestone and fucking night off. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit sad as well, you know, because I... Well, as you I, I was fucking paid to fly you guys out to fucking Hollywood. You know, we could have fucking done some walking out, fucking watched my movies, fucking talked about them, fucking, fucking, just fucking recorded the episode all together. It, fucking, it would have been a fucking great time, man. You fucking, you know, all of us loving watching Sly and fucking, fucking Muscles, and fucking, yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, that fucking, uh, that reminds me as well. I fucking, I got a fucking lovely, uh, sly t shirt for the post the other day. You know, a fucking picture of my face on like it. It's fucking brilliant. I'm guessing that's, you know, what I won for the karaoke shit, you know? A fucking, I can't, I, you know, I, I came in a place. I get a fucking beautiful prize, like a fucking sly face t shirt, you know? A fucking, I don't know what the other fucking, uh, Meatballs got a fucking, uh, apparently fucking being better. Sly fucking karaoke, you know, but fucking, you know, I'm the one who's got a t-shirt with Sly's face on it, you know, what the fuck are you guys, fucking shitty fucking DVDs and some fucking shitbags movies, unless they're Sly movies, and then yeah, that's fucking, that's a good fucking prize, you know, fucking greatest action movie of all time, you know, fucking, yeah, uh, fucking, I'm, I'm wearing it now, you know, I was fucking, it's great, I was looking in the mirror, I was wearing it uh, earlier, I could see, like, fucking two sly faces, you know? It's fucking what's better than one sly, two sly, you know? They've only put, like, sly's face on the t-shirt, though, because, you know, if they need all my fucking muscles on a single t-shirt, you know, it's fucking... Sly's muscles too big to put on one t-shirt, you know? Fucking, it's it's fucking, I'm a big guy, you know? So, yeah. You know, I'm feeling pretty pumped, you know? I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about my movies, you know? I got I to gotta record some separate messages about each movie individually, you know? I need to, get, need to gather my thoughts, you know? It's fucking, it's a lot, you know, it's a, lot, a lot of time passed since I made those movies, you know? I got a lot to say, you know? It's fucking, it's good times, man, it's good times. Ugh. Ugh. <sighs>
1: Welcome uh-huh. to Silver and Gold, yeah. Little uh, intro from our uh, guest, guest uh, friend, our uh, our celebrity friend there. Um, I am the Loaf, and with me, Doctor Bitterzam.
3: Bitter women, fuck 'em black.
1: <laughs> uh as you as you heard uh we are reviewing a couple sly movies this week uh rhinestone from 1984 and nighthawks from 1981 very similar films i'd say um
3: oh my god
1: uh rhinestone um the <laughs> 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 fucking shit uh so yep yeah, we'll get into those shortly Zom, how are you sir
3: i'm better
1: <laughs> any uh any uh bitter experiences this week that you'd like oh, to share? I
3: just had a bunch of women, you know it's you know how they all are fours and slots and pieces of shit, you know, just bitter, I'm just hateful, uh, yep yep, yeah. <sighs> I saw some happy people the other day, it just made me even more pissed I just started so fucking what
1: I did what um so so what?
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know uh what you know whatever it's uh uh you can't please all the people all the time but you can no. please some of the people some of the time
1: yeah man speaking of being pleased i was fucking watching there's i, I watched the um like a compilation video it's like a five minute thing of all the all of terry cruz's old spice commercials this morning oh, I, oh. I fucking had tears in my eyes man <laughs> There's some I hadn't seen in there, but man. All of them together, I was rolling. That was that's a really funny shit. I love. How, I, I wonder if he just like snorts coke or something right before to get really amped. <laughs> that's just how he is all the time. See,
3: yeah, he seems kind of like uh, very enthusiastic, overly <laughs> yeah. enthusiastic.
1: It was. It, I, I was. I was interested to see. I, I looked him up on the uh, on online to see how long he played football. It was only for like five years, but he was an art major. In college and played football for the university he went to and ended up getting drafted that way. So, yeah, see, he went know. to school for art and ended up being a football player. And he's probably still lo- lo- loaded from it, even though he only played for a couple of years. You
3: know, what's a shame though is someone, you know, like, how, how old do you think he is now?
1: He, um, I mean, I mean mid, probably mid, well, mid 40s. He stopped playing in the late 90s. So,
3: yeah, it's just a shame that someone who is that has that physical. Of presence and uh, personality, charisma, and and also that athletic ability uh, was just just missed uh, being young enough to be in and to excel at MMA. MMA. Uh, um.
1: The uh- <laughs> 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 Uh so what uh, what have you been watching this week?
3: <laughs> hey, somebody's Facebook account. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um kind of. I, well, no. Uh let's see. I I have some stuff that I watched and you know, I would have had more, but uh last night um I don't know. I just w- w- I did a lot of chatting with uh friends. Mm. I have friends. See? Oh, nice. You know. I don't uh, let's see. I watched uh, Old Boy. Nice. Uh, right. Uh, well, no, let me start at the other end of the list because I brought up all these IMDB things <laughs> just so I could kind of go through them and, and check them off. Okay. First of all, or last of all, uh, I watched Ed Wood, uh, 1994, Tim Burton. See, I'm trying to be more professional and actually have stuff. We uh, really got to
1: work on our chemistry. It's fucking awful. Uh, oh,
3: I know. But it's hard, you know, you're kind it of a, a dick. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Not all the time, though. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the best thing about like doing a show with you is is that you're a guy. Because if I had to do a show with a fucking <laughs> stupid broad, you know, oh, I like, you know... <laughs> Let's go watch a romantic comedy. <laughs> Wait a minute, I've got to go suck somebody's dick first. <laughs> 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 you know that kind of shit. You know how oh, they oh, they are. They, yeah, you know, they all all are all of them. Oh, it's so gross. Um, <laughs> I don't. I hope some people won't get this. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, <they're,
1: laughs> eh, whatever. Fuck them.
3: Um, let's see. But anyway, uh, I hadn't seen Ed Wood in a long time, and I downloaded it on iTunes. I will say this about iTunes. Um. Their movies that aren't like the newest movies are still uh, not the ones. If you just get them in what SD and not HD, mm-hmm. they're still like two ninety nine. Yeah, and they have some of them on there that like some uh, uh, like independent movies that that might be like a dollar ninety nine rental. Cool. Every once in a while, you'll find stuff like that. But th- they have started with their new ones. Uh, like the one uh, was it Silver Linings with Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper and Jack Reacher and shit like that. For the longest time, you won't be able to rent them. You'll they'll just have them available to buy. Right. And then when they put them up for rental, instead of being two ninety nine, the ones that aren't in HD like they usually were, they're like four ninety nine. Wow. And I just thought, you know, I am not renting a fucking movie for four ninety fucking nine. I, I I don't know why because I mean if I went to the theater I'd pay that much but. I don't know, or more. But anyway, Ed Wood is fucking awesome. Awesome cast of characters. That's hilarious. I love the way it was shot. Pull
0: this drink!
3: Pull this drink! I love this fucking movie. And I, and I also love the fact that Sarah Jessica Parker had enough sense of humor to actually read one of her reviews in the newspaper and <laughs> say, do I like say something about having a face of, like a horse The reviewer said, which she does in real life and people say. So, anyway, anyway, it was good. Uh, I watched uh, Haywire with uh, Steven Soderbergh, directed uh, with Gina Carano, Fassbender, Ewan McGregor, and uh, Antonio Bandadas. Michael Douglas has a hell of a cast, and it also has a potato head named Channing Tatum. Yay. And, And let me tell you something about this movie that I have noticed. Okay, Gina Carano is not a fucking actress right and and has only been had only been in like maybe one thing before where it was just pretty much a low budget action movie or whatever and still she was equally as good and i'm not saying she was good i'm saying equally as good if not better than channing tatum <laughs> he is fucking horrible. Uh Banderas was is fucking awesome in this. He has the awesome fucking beard that I wish that I could have a big beard like that with the gray in it. That, but it's he still looked good. Uh and Ewan McGregor was really good. Anyway, uh next thing I watched, because I've talked about that one before. Uh I watched a documentary, a Nick Broomfield documentary. I like his stuff. Uh and it was uh Kurt and Courtney from nineteen ninety-eight um he kind of has a gorilla uh or did uh style of doc you know documentaries where he which when he goes to interview somebody he actually shows up with uh just him and the cameraman and he's the actual sound man too and as soon as they open the door they've already got everything set up um i was never and I, when i say i was never the biggest nirvana fan I I was a fan of Nirvana because they were so, they were just there. I mean, they yeah, were yeah. you know all in the radio constantly, this and that, and everything. But I was more of like a Pearl Jam fan mm-hmm. and and some other groups. And um, but just watching this, uh, the the catch of it or whatever is he's exploring that some people said that you know there may have been a conspiracy to kill Kurt Cobain and that Courtney Love was involved and. And um, and even her dad, her <laughs> her dad fucking was saying that he thought that she was involved in it. Or something. What
1: was the name of this one again?
3: Kurt and Courtney. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I've seen this one.
3: And but you know the thing is, uh, he he, I, to me, I didn't watch it to to take, uh, you know, okay who killed Kurt Cobain or whatever. I watched it more. Once you start watching it, watch it more for the, just as, as a study of different people's personalities mm-hmm. and, and uh, just how crazy some of these people are and, and how some of them, um, like what was the one guy's name? He was, he was, uh, oh, El Duche. Have you ever heard of him? The, he, he had a band and they all oh, were like I, that. mean they,
1: they interviewed him. Yeah. The, the yeah. like Mexican gang guy.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you know, and, and he he got he got killed or died. I like, mm-hmm. got hit by a train like just a couple of days after the interview and everything. But I remember when he was like on Phil Donahue and shit like that. And he wore the hood the whole time and they were talking about, you know, he was like, yeah, I think raping women is good. Listen and that. Like, this guy's just a fucking media whore, you know.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, you know, he's bitter, hates women, you know. Says mm-hmm. stupid shit just to get attention.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, but it was, it was good. I mean, you know, like I said, his... his uh, documentaries uh the uh two about Eileen warnos are really good too um uh, moving right along I watched a movie uh called and this is really good uh play dirty uh with my cocaine and uh Nigel Davenport and nigel green uh this you know uh i'm surprised uh, it was made in nineteen sixty nine I was born in sixty five and I used to like war movies and uh i never even heard of this fucking movie and then it's um it's on netflix i don't know if it is now cuz they dropped like 2000 oh, fucking right. movies but uh, this one is just it's gritty as hell it's dirty it's not like what you uh the there as far as like uh white hat black hat good it's just kind of, you know, blurs the lines with all that shit. It's really good. So anyway, but uh, check it out. It was directed by Andre de Toth. Never heard of him either, and I didn't look it up, so don't ask me. <laughs> and I watched a uh, an oldie that I had never heard of. Uh, also, well, I got this one on iTunes. I rented it. Uh, it was uh, directed by Otto Preminger, nineteen forty seven's Daisy Kenyon. With Joan Crawford as Daisy, as the titular Daisy Kenyon. So I'm trying to be more professional this week, so that we can get good reviews. Uh, Dana Andrews <laughs> and Henry Fonda as, or Hank. As played I like played to call Play
1: it. Dirty is one of the ones that dropped off. By the way, it was good. It was an, it. MG, MGM was the movie, or the movies that dropped off. Instant. That one dropped off.
3: It would be it would be good if they put that out on Blu-ray. Um, Daisy Kenyon, um You know, most of the stuff that I know about Joan Crawford. Of course, you know, you take for granted that uh, everything in Mommy Dearest was true, which is not necessarily a fact. I mean, it was right. his opinion, and, you know, her daughter might have been just trying to get back at her. I don't know. And then, you know, who gives you? You'll never know. But anyway, Joan Crawford was pretty good looking back then. She's, she was very young, and uh, Henry Fonda looked like he was about 30 years old. Um, it's not bad. It was, for, for the time, it surprised me. The subject matter of um, kind of this love triangle, and you know, it's I would for some reason I th- I would think that movies back in that time would be a little bit more just like I said about this, like white hat, black hat. You know, this guy's a heel, this guy's a nice guy, and you know, whatever. But it was it it, it kind of um, had some adult themes. You know how women are, you know, and how they fuck with guys. Cunts. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> see. uh, I watched uh, again because I wanted to share this with one of my friends uh, or a couple of them. Uh, 2010 uh, Ji-Woon Kim's I Saw the Devil uh, in Blu-ray. And let me tell you something. The first time I watched it, I rented it on iTunes. And this time, as soon as I watched it and I thought, God, man, this is so good. I bought it on Blu-ray and we watched it on Blu-ray. This is one of the best Blu-rays I have seen you know, it was just—I don't know how they shot it, but you know, you see some things that they transfer to Blu-ray, and you know, you're like, eh, it looks okay. It's not—it it doesn't stand out as being like, oh my god, this thing really looks fucking good. Cool. Uh, and my buddies—I have one friend that if I said, oh man, you gotta check this movie out, it's really fucking good. Um, we started watching it, and he was sitting in front of the computer, and. Right when it starts up, he gets on Wikipedia and just sits there and reads the whole thing about what it's about before he watches the movie. <laughs> I, I, and he's the first person that will be like, hey, did you watch Hannibal uh, this week? Oh, my God. Just let me let me tell you one thing if you haven't seen it. Like, I don't want to Um anything. I watched uh, – let's see here because I had a couple that I didn't put on my IMDb because I watched some uh, uh, ESPN stuff. I watched uh, 30 for 30 Going Big. And this was about uh, Sam Bowie, uh, who was really big uh center, um and uh, in college basketball, high school, and he was like a uh you know, fantastic even at an early age, and then he had uh, he got drafted before Michael Jordan that he's notorious for you know, got drafted before Michael Jordan, but then he had all, started having all these physical problems, so he never never panned out. And you know, but uh, it was really good. And, you know, it was, uh, and he seems like a pretty pretty cool guy. You know, I don't know if he has a history of like beating women or anything like that, but if he did, it'd be even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I watched another one uh, called Fab Five about uh, uh, Chris Webber and all those guys. The Fab hey, Go Heels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um I remember when all that stuff was going on and and um but most of the stuff that I remember about like Chris Webber was that everybody hating him and yeah, yeah. and when he went in the NBA people were like oh he's a jerk you know this and that and anything. Um and they they cover that, you know, how they kind of brought like a a hip hop mentality uh, with uh, starting to wear like the longer shorts and stuff like that, and and uh, trash talking on the court and everything, and how they sort of it kind of talked about how like uh, uh, there was this pretty much the the hatred for them was a lot of it. What they were saying was based on like racism. The people couldn't stand. They're like, "Look at those! You know, you know what's out there, acting like this and that, and it's you know, smart ass, blah blah blah." Uh, but it was good. That was it was a pretty good one. Uh, and then I watched uh, the announcement, uh, which was the one about Magic Johnson making, you know, the the announcement that uh, he was HIV positive. It was really right, good too. Right. Those the, most of the ones were on uh, iTunes or uh, on Netflix, and. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, the one thing, you know, like about sports, even when I was a kid growing up. I was always more as far as like pro sports or college or anything like that, almost like how, you know, with wrestling or something like that. I liked reading about the personalities of the guys, like if you, if they had a book about like Larry Zonka or or Jack Lambert or whoever, or, you know, hockey or Gordy Howe or something like that, and reading stories about how they were and everything, and uh, just interesting characters. And that's the way these thirty for thirties are, you know. Uh, get and they're done really well, but for the most part, I don't think I've seen one that was like really bad yet. Yeah,
0: it's
3: the Samurai is really enjoys those.
1: Samurai.
3: You know, he I the thing that gets me and I just have to say this about the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema is how <laughs> you know how can they fuck they they steer their fans towards, you know, shit.
1: Oh I know. They're he, they've gotta be responsible for just
3: I blame them for a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world today.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, guys um, guys really stop recommending just horrible things to your uh to your listeners right.
3: because we really appreciate it someone is a fan of a podcast doesn't mean they should do a podcast and that's all i'm saying <laughs> um i watched a 2013 movie and that's this year so it was straight to dvd but it had a pretty good cast um it's called pawn uh with uh let's see now forrest whitaker ray leota it had the what's his name from the shield Vic Mackey uh, Stephen Lang, how had a, had a like I said, straight to, straight to DVD, but it wasn't a bad story. It's kind of convoluted. And, uh, but you know, it was worth a watch. Nothing great. It wasn't my pick. <laughs> uh, now this one, I don't know if you've seen or not, but, uh, when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I thought, shit, look at all the fucking people in this fucking movie. This is going to be awesome. Um, uh, it has Sean Penn, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Josh Brolin, Nick Nolte, uh, and it's Gangster Squad, 2013's Gangster Squad.
1: I'd never went to see it,
3: dude. This movie—it looked dumb. It was, It was it was done like a almost like a comic book or something like uh, that, like Dick Tracy uh-huh.
1: kind of feel, maybe. Like a what? Like a Dick Tracy kind of feel.
3: Someone compared it to like Young Guns or something like that, and and Mm. it sort of it could have with the because I mean it's a true story, and if they would have went like almost like a Godfather route or something, kept it really serious and really they made you know square jawed heroes and violent you know. It 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 was to 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 have that much talent with that rich of a of a of a real true story, I would have rather seen a biopic of Mickey Cohen starring Sean Penn that Sean Penn fucking directed, mm-hmm. or like that, that or, you know. But it was just uh, it was almost like that you know like that movie Gangsters with uh, Richard Grieco and fucking. Uh, goddamn uh whoever else was in that turd i won't say anymore <laughs> it, it was it just wasn't you know it was kind of like a, a a wasted opportunity so i don't know if that's the uh director's fault or the writers or what
1: yeah
3: but i'll mark that one off uh, boo, 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 boo. um put it this way it wasn't that much better than that one that i just said pawn which was a straight to dvd and i'm sure <laughs> its uh budget was a hell of a lot less. Uh, next one is uh two thousand tens repo men with uh Jude Law and force Whitaker uh, This was pretty good i mean you know i'd seen it i 'd seen it before it was on the television uh, and uh it was surprisingly you know i i didn 't know anything about it didn 't have high hopes or anything but it was uh very had a lot of uh special effects gore and stuff like that because that 's what the subject matter is these guys are Going around and they're they're repo men, but not going around and getting cars and stuff they're repossessing uh organs for that uh, organ donors can't pay their bills uh for their operation, so it's kind of gross, you know and stuff yeah. and, and Jude Law was pretty good. I still can't get used to Forrest Whitaker being skinny um or oh, skinny
1: I bet I bet he's got some saggy skin on him.
3: Yeah, he just looks weird how when he was more full and robust he uh he had a better look like ghost dog uh next thing I watched was uh, two thousand and ten and uh Takashi mike's thirteen assassins yeah. um, this was very good um, there were things it's one of these ones that when they have the ultimate the big battle at the end yeah. Have to suspend disbelief on some of the stuff, or <laughs> like, okay, now how the fuck is this happening? You know, uh, there were some CGI animals that uh, were having things done to them during the battle. That first of all, just the thought of them doing this to animals uh, with the fire right. kind of right. was disturbing. But not only that, but um, uh, they—if you look—they didn't show them really. They, they did it well because they didn't show them for just a a a quick shot but you know you could tell cgi you know but anyway and then the big gate things that they slammed shut
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh were made of all the you know pieces of wood and everything uh i don't know how they could scoot those somebody had to scoot them together and there were only 13 assassins <laughs> but i mean there were the people in the in the in the village but the the bad guys had like 200 guys or something and they couldn't fucking open those things if they slid together that they they were standing right there and they just slid them from side to side, like, you know, <laughs> and they didn't have padlocks or anything to lock up. Together. I don't know. But anyway, you got to suspend disbelief, but still it's really good. And it, of course it reminded me of, um, uh, of, uh, seven samurai, but, uh, and I know that there was a 13 Assassins movie, which I still haven't seen. I watched, um, it's all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I watched uh, – some people said it was the, the original was better than this one, so I don't know.
1: I, I, I mean, I saw both pretty close together, and it might just be my, my issues, my personal issues with like mid-century samurai movies in general. But I did, I did like the remake of that better.
3: Well, I'm, I'll have to watch that one yeah, one, of the, one of these days. Uh, let's see. I watched uh, Louis Theroux's The City Addicted to Crystal Meth. And uh, I like all his documentaries. He has a real um, disarming style and uh where he gets, you know, people to talk and everything cuz he's from Great Britain and he's kind of just a nice guy and you know they People open up to him and he, he knows what, he, what he's doing. Uh, one thing in this that was, you know, because if you've seen any documentaries like the Val Kilmer one about meth, or there's lots of ones uh, just made for TV stuff about, you know, crystal meth and stuff, they're, they're kind of a dime a dozen about, you know, the people's teeth rotting out of their heads. And show the pictures of, you know, before and then after they've done meth for just like, you know, a few months and how they look so much older and all that shit. Uh, there was one scene in this where. Um, he's riding along with cops and uh, there's like a domestic dispute in a parking lot or something or a, a guy and a woman fighting and they show up and, and of course the guy, they put him in handcuffs, the woman's crying and all this and that. And uh, the guy's wife shows up and the wife wasn't the one that he was beaten on. It was mm-hmm. his sister. And then when they're interviewing the wife, mm-hmm. he basically says that when they started doing meth he started fucking his sister oh it became a couple in their house and they said well how did you know this?" he said well uh you know she's married to this guy and his sister's living with him and he he, and she said the next thing you know they started staying in the same room and sleeping in the same room together and so that was kind of weird but anyway i hope that wasn't a reveal but anyway (laughs) spoiler alert learned me And last thing I watched, which I started to say at the beginning, was 2013's "Uge uh, Boy by Chan Wook Park. And I made like a mistake last time when I said that there should be a, you know, a quadrilogy of vengeance with uh, Chan Wook Park, but Chan Wook Park did not direct. Uh, I saw the devil and for right. some reason I thought he did. So anyway, that's why it's not a quadrilogy. Me! But old boy's still good. Um this is another one where my friend before either one of us had seen it. Uh he had heard that they were gonna remake this and Spike Lee was gonna do it. And um uh and he said, You ever hear of this? And I said, Yeah, I heard it was, you know, really good. And he went over and got on Wikipedia, looked it up, read the whole thing. <laughs> And the reveal at the end, and then came over and told me, "Oh my God, you're never going to believe what, what, what," and told me where I'd seen it. So <laughs> anyway, it's still good, and uh, you know, hopefully that you know if they do it with Josh Brolin in the lead, uh, I don't know, maybe it'll be good. <laughs> we'll see. I went to see Bill Maher in concert.
1: Oh yeah, how was that?
3: That it was fucking awesome. My sister is in love with him. She's a pinko atheist liberal, and. Uh, <laughs> She bought tickets as soon as they went on sale. They were gonna go on sale at like ten o'clock in the morning this sport someday or a certain day. And she as soon as ten o'clock came around, she she uh, you know, called or got online or whatever and got the tickets and we didn't know where the seats were. And it was uh, you know, I don't know how many people was, you know, probably like a uh I would say I don't know, maybe twelve hundred, fifteen hundred people or I I don't know, 'cause it was it wasn't like a big arena. Yeah, yeah and um we didn't know where our tickets were going to be and we were like two rows right from the stage and he had a really girly looking plaid shirt on i don't know if cuz he thought he was going to be in west virginia <laughs> that he'd wear a shirt that looked, it wasn't a flannel shirt but it was kind of like a like a, a plaid shirt but it was very i mean i i didn't even say anything but i was thinking it cuz it had like a couple it had like a a little uh, like gold shiny uh streak in it mm-hmm. in the but it wasn't like a, it was like pink and colored, weird, you know. And my sister looked over at me. She goes, "That looks like a girl's."
0: <laughs>
3: really <laughs> good. And I mean, he hammered, you know, eh, everything that he usually hammers. But he's if you get a chance to go see him in concert, it's worth it. He's funny as shit. I was, and, and not only that, but then you know you're surrounded by pretty much. I was surprised because I went to see when John Kerry was running for president, uh, Michael Moore. Was at the local college, which is you know only probably I don't know five miles. That's where I went to college from where I live now, and we went to see him. And when he came out on stage to start his show, right when he came out and he started to to, to deliver his first line, like about twenty people just stood up in the audience and started reciting the Lord's prayer. Oh, and then the, and then of course Michael Moore to diffuse it, he starts saying the Lord's prayer along with him. <laughs> and then they marched out they bought tickets came to the show and just so they could make a statement and then like marched out in unison like uh fucking nazis or something and singing i can't they said the lord's prayer and then they started singing like i don't know if it was amazing grace or something like that because they were like christians or something and they marched out and i thought something like that would happen at this but the one thing about – like he said the last time – it was in Morgantown, West Virginia, and um, he said um, he hadn't been to Morgantown. He had actually played there or did, a, did a, a comedy thing there in 1983 and hadn't been back. Well, the one thing about Morgantown is um, the more north you get in West Virginia, the more progressive and right. the f- south you get, the more rednecky and, and backward – And not only that, but Morgantown's where West Virginia University is, so you get a lot of. It's it's pretty almost right on the border of Pennsylvania, so it's not like like I said, the further south you go, it gets real rednecky.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm like 17 miles away, and even from where I live to Morgantown, there's a lot. But that has more to do with like you know people I think being poor and stuff like that, and and not only that, but because it's a college town. You're getting younger people. You're getting younger, more intelligent people, critical thinking. Yeah, yeah. And it shows. And I mean, it was kind of cool to be surrounded by people that are laughing, thinking, yeah, that is bullshit. Ha ha ha. So it was a good time.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> I tried um, to
3: get the fucking tickets and she wouldn't take it. I was like, listen, woman, are you trying to emasculate me? Because I'm a man. <laughs> well, your place.
1: <laughs> you tell her. Um, I didn't watch anything besides my, my, uh, ABC shame list this week. Um, shame. I can't remember. No, I don't think I watched. I don't think I mentioned this one last. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I started with, uh, field of dreams, um, when I'd never actually seen before.
3: You never, um, s- face-
1: never seen field of dreams. I don't know why. Um,
3: I think you were, are you sure you don't have like an, like your chromosomes aren't messed up and you have like a little bit of a woman?
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what my, my issue was with movies when I was, um, up until I was about 14, we, we didn't have cable. Yeah. We we just had antenna, like cable didn't even come to our house. And, um, so I never had HBO or Showtime or any of those growing up and we, we had to rely on. Uh, well, I had to rely on watching movies basically at my grandmother's house because we didn't have a VCR either because they were fucking expensive in the eighties. Well, in the earlier eighties, um, by the late eighties, that's when we got cable. But um, and I started recording, you know, European Vacation and shit like that. But because uh, we had Showtime and Cinemax, we never had HBO. But my grandmother had HBO. We had Showtime and Cinemax, so I started recording all the, or watching all the nudie picture, uh, mo- nudie movies on Cinemax on Friday nights. But, um, so I'm, what was what were we going to say?
3: The Shannon Tweed, uh, era.
1: Yeah, definitely the Shannon Tweed era. Um, but I just, I missed a lot of eighties movies. Um, and it required me having to go back as an adult and find them. And this is just one for whatever reason that just missed out on. So, um, and I, I really liked it. Um, it was, you know, it didn't flow exactly like I thought it was kind of, I don't know. I think we might. We're probably going to review it on the show uh, with another baseball movie. So I'll hold off my any specific thoughts about it. But I did like it. So
3: (laughs) did you? uh... (laughs) What? Well, it does have like some dad moments.
1: Yeah, I got a little. I yeah yeah. (laughs) I got a little choked up with that stuff. (laughs) It's the movie is sandwiched by that. Yeah. You know him talking and then the end of it. So
3: Jones was your dad.
1: Yeah, oh, well, he was probably clo- a lot closer. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I watched uh, the Great Dictator, the Charlie Chaplin movie. This might be the only feature-length Chaplin movie I'd yet I had I had not seen. So, um, it was okay. It's too long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's all right.
3: Much uh, silent movies. No matter how you know, if I read that they're you know. This this is a legendary silent movie, and it's one of the best, and all this stuff. It's hard. To, I don't know. You know. I hope that's not being closed because I try.
1: Yeah. Well, this one. This one's not even. This one's not silent. This is one of his talkies. One of his couple. I, I,
3: I didn't even know he made talk talk.
1: Yeah. This one and uh, Monsieur Verdoux are both are the two that I can recall seeing. There might be some more, but um, he doesn't talk a lot, um, mm-hmm. but he does talk in this. So, and he plays two roles. He plays a Jewish barber and well Hitler which I don't know his name in the movie but he's obviously supposed to be Hitler but, um, but it's okay I mean there's some there's some laughs but uh, his older movies are a lot better for me and I'm a big fan so
3: I like seeing like just like clips of stuff where he plays like the little tramp
1: yeah 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 and he does that shtick in this one too when he plays the Jewish barber like he, he does talk also as that character too but he's a lot more down on his luck obviously and um, does some of that stuff again but This is really more of the two personalities kind of, you know.
3: My God. What? I just farted.
1: Oh. Uh, (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Man, you can't bring that up on the show. Um, Ah. Let's see. I watched The Hidden Fortress, uh, uh, the Kurosawa movie, 1950-something or something. Um, Pretty good. Uh, I'd never seen this one before. Um, Not a lot of uh, uh, political shit going on as far as the... uh, I mean, the the, the main, the overall plot of the movie is, I guess, politically driven, but it's mostly uh, an escape from one area in Japan to another, and, um, you know, Star Wars is kind of based on this, and uh, it was good. I liked it. Um, Again, it's a little long, but, you know, I think that was kind of par for the course um, for these films, so. Uh, Let's see. Oh, and I watched, this one was the highlight of the week, my eye movie. Um, and this is actually the last thing I watched, um, besides our movies, is for the week or for the show. Um, I watched "In the Heat of the Night." Uh, oh, this is one that I started years and years ago, and for whatever reason, couldn't finish. And I'm so glad I went back to it because this movie is fucking great. Yeah. Um, I uh, uh, I don't know. The performances were just awesome. Um, Rod Steiger, Sidney Portier, and Poitier. And uh, I loved his backhand on that dude in the greenhouse. That was fucking awesome. And
3: Warren Oates is in that. Isn't Warren he?
1: Oates is in it too. Yeah, he he and he uh, he's very young. Um, so Rednecky. Um, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh Steiger. So I mean, I, I I keep wanting to say that Steiger was so awesome in that, but Sidney Poitier was fucking awesome. Yeah, this is oh,
1: such a good movie, and the soundtrack is fucking great. This was um oh what's the guy's name? He did. Uh, uh i'm just blanking on it he did the he did the sanford and son theme (laughs) Um, Quincy jones quincy jones yeah he did the soundtrack it was really good soundtrack so um
3: this is funny because i i I just like uh uh, growing up with uh, around a lot of racism and stuff like that Mm -hmm, i know people that would try and um Like if you said something about, you know, well, your daughter, you know, uh, how would you feel if your daughter was dating a, you know, whatever, if whatever the derogatory term was or, you know, because they didn't say African-American back then. Uh, And the, the people that were at least trying to be progressive would always say something about, you know, like, well, you know. I, I don't think that they should mix races and stuff like that. But, you know, if if my daughter met a nice guy that was, you know, quote unquote colored and he was like Sidney, po- Sidney Poitier, you know, like he was nice and he had a good job and he he wasn't one of those guys. You know, he was like a well-mannered and, you know, he didn't talk like that. You know, so I heard that all the time. Sidney Poitier was the guy that was always held up because of uh, this movie or Guess Who's Coming to Dinner or something like that. As, you know, well, you know, I couldn't see my daughter doing something like that, but if if it was a guy that was like this, Ugh. it would be like if somebody said if like Will Smith now or you know, if yeah, you know, well if it was like Will Smith, you know. Ugh. It's just there yeah, it was really gross. I mean, you could it was like you wanna say at least they were they didn't realize what point they were making right, or how right, it right. came off. But I used to hear that all the time. So Sidney Poitier, you know, hey man. He had it made. He could have got, you know, a lot of women.
1: <laughs> <If he wants laughs> no, that to you
3: know, they, they would have shit. They would fucking be like, oh, my God, I said that. But, uh, what the hell? <laughs>
1: um, but no, really, really fucking good movie. So go out and rent, uh, rent that one. See that one if you, uh, if you haven't seen that one. So. Cool. Let's take so that, a break. What like were you going to say? What?
3: There was a sequel to that. But it was just the Sidney Poitier character. Uh, they called me Mr. Tibbs. That was the name of the movie. Oh, the,
1: so, there was there was Cameron. also the TV show um, yeah. that I never saw either. But uh, I'll have to watch that because I like Carol O'Connor, O'Connor Carol O'Connor a lot. I'd, I'd be curious to see how he did that role. So, um,
3: yeah, because that was the one that uh, the TV show was the one where Howard Rollins Jr. played the Sydney Poitier character. Mm-hmm. But then he developed such a cocaine habit that I think they actually he got fired from the show, and it was a hit. He got fired from the show uh, because he was such a bad, you know, cocaine had such a bad cocaine problem, and they replaced him, if I remember correctly, with none other than Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers. Yeah, I think
1: I'd have to look that up. That sounds interesting. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that.
3: I wouldn't let my daughter date Carl Weathers.
1: (laughs) A guy I work with met Carl Weathers at a, at a shoe store in here in North Carolina. He's
3: like five feet tall, five foot four or something. Or no, that was Robert Blake. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Close. Um, okay. Uh, which movie do you want to do? Would you rather
3: have your daughter date Carl Weathers or Robert Blake? Ooh, that's a tough question. (laughs) I mean, uh, if you wanted her to live,
1: (laughs) if you wanted her to live, date Robert Blake. Jesus. Uh, wait, what? um, which movie do you want to do first
3: the one that's really stupid no let's do i don't don't know let's do nighthawks first
1: Uh, okay we'll be right back with a review of nighthawks
3: are you tired
1: of the same old pop culture podcast do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself why aren't they talking about the things i'm interested in Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion, where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. If you woke up with a cock in your mouth, would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How big is the cock? (laughs) You'll hear entertainment news about
3: your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank.
1: I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. (laughs) Each one kinda to look like a smiley face <laughs> And on my left arm is cock and balls And you notice I looked at my the right character arm character from an old that. Disney film It's a prequel to Song of the South Exactly. I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls It sounds like this So when you think <laughs> pop culture podcast Remember this What's that thing between the dick and the asshole The Are You Serious Podcast
3: On iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com Commies Yep Song of the Cock and Balls
1: Sly was excited this week and sent us a few voicemails, so I think I'm gonna play uh, a Nighthawks one before Nighthawks, and I'll play a um, a, uh, a Rhinestone one before that shit. So, right. ooh, dude, come on! Uh, all right, here's some uh, here's some Sly.
2: Hey, now you guys are reviewing my film Nighthawks. You know, I made this film in 1981. You know, I was just a kid, you know. I was just a fucking... <laughs> just, you know, pretty fresh-faced on the scene. Uh, you know... He'd only made head
1: Rocky. Head
2: and me playing a cop and shit fucking... And I, I thought, well, you know, what what shit you can I do to make me look like a cop. So I fucking grew a beard, you know, the best <laughs> it to be the greatest beard in fucking films of all time, you know. It's like, people still to this day say, fly, you know, you your beard you band was amazing, it's the fucking greatest band of all time. Why why have you not grown a band? I'm like, whoa, you know, I can't fucking you know, that shit's so powerful. I can't fucking, you know, unleash it full time on everyone. You know, everyone <laughs> fucking, everyone fucking have beards. Just be like, oh, it's like, you know, everyone's got beards. So and I'd be like, yeah, it's fucking, this is what happens, you know? So, you know, I fucking, I thought like i unleash it for one whole film, you know, just to uh, show the power of, the... You know, Sly's just not about his muscles, his fucking tattoos, his face. You know, he's by the beard <laughs> as well. You know, I I put it back in Rocky Four for a bit, you know, just to, you know, let people know how dominant I still was in the beard arena. <laughs> you know, um, arena. so yeah. Yeah, fucking this movie, you know, fucking uh, some fucking meatball fucking director, fucking left. You know, he fucking left. Walking out on Sly's movie. What the fuck? You know, they were going to bring in some guy. Fucking, you know, I was fine with that. But it was like a couple of days where there'd be no fucking director. No work. I'm like, fucking, I'm Sly. I got to work all the time, you know. I'm going to fucking, you know, I fucking just couldn't believe it, man. So I I just stepped up. I fucking directed, you know, been in the subway, all that shit. You know, people, I fucking, I love Nighthawk Sly, you know. And the fucking greatest bit in Night Dogs is the fucking subway shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's because, you know, it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, that bit's the fucking greatest bit. It's the greatest action movie of all time. You know, <laughs> mainly because directed that shit, you know. And fucking, you know, I'm down, I'm like, fucking, fucking motherfucker, you know. And acting like fuck, you know. People are like, like, you fucking, you fucking great actor. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's fucking good times you know it's, fucking, it's got shit I, you know, I did all this dunce I'm hanging on a fucking table car and all that kind of shit you know it's fucking crazy times <laughs> you know I, I know you guys are gonna fucking love this movie it's fucking right up your street you know it's fucking I can't wait to hear what you have to say about you know it's fucking slides fucking dialogues you know my bed my fucking clothes and shit it's fucking it's all good
1: Uh, all right Nighthawks from 1981 as Sly said Uh, this is directed by Bruce Malmuth, um, who also did Hard to Kill which I like a lot wait kind of I like a lot and uh, Pentathlon which I haven't seen
3: I saw that with uh, Dolph
1: Dolph, Lundgren that was his last movie ever uh, last movie directed um, he, uh, well
3: I mean you gotta go out he went out on top
1: well he, di- he died in 2005 hmm um, so yeah Nighthawks um, conservative street cop Da Silva is he conservative do they really get into that uh, reluctantly agrees to terminate an international terrorist who has demanded media attention but Da Silva's at home tactics are very much put to the challenge Starring Sylvester Stallone, uh, Billy D. Williams, and not really starring Lindsay Wagner, but she's in there. And uh, Rutger Hauer. Very fresh faced. He's becoming like a, a fixture on this show. This is the yeah. I think fourth movie we've done of his,
3: so Yeah. And the uh uh out of fourth movie and you know, the third good one.
1: <laughs> well, she didn't you didn't like uh Oh you know maybe we, we are you considering uh, flesh and bone a good one though
3: uh flesh better flesh than bone. hobo with a shotgun' oh, stop <laughs> all right so what did you think <laughs> of
1: nighthawks? I guess you liked it
3: um I like nighthawks I give it a seven point seven five
1: I'm there too I'm there too oh, cool thanks a lot colin next review
3: let's see where'd my toothpick just go there it is dog's I ate his some goldfish opinion. toy um <laughs> <laughs> Nighthawks. Is that your dog, or is that you pretending that you have a dog?
1: He's, uh, he's. I'm, I'm making. You don't a even push. have
3: a dog. When you were talking about like your dog licking its own dick, is that like a, a def- another person? Like one of your personalities
1: <laughs> licking my own cock? Yes.
3: <laughs> yes. God bless you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Nighthawks, 1981. Okay. Well, here's the deal about Nighthawks. See. And I did not even know this. And I've seen this movie, uh, you know, I'd say over the years quite a few times. Um, I didn't know this until we were going to review it, that this was supposed to be French Connection 3. Really? Yes. And it was supposed to star Gene Hackman uh, as Popeye Doyle. Mm -hmm. And they were going to – it was going to be like a very serious movie. And they were going to pretty much – Have Popeye Doyle dealing with the actual real terrorist, Carlos the Jackal, and and, um, when you think about it, if they would have done it like they did, French Connection and French Connection 2, which were both very gritty, both very um, realistic, Mm -hmm. and knowing the story, if you ever get a chance to spend five hours watching the movie carlos uh (laughs) it's a fucking really good story but the only thing that i saw that could have been a a fuck them up now if they would have done it seriously uh it was supposed to be popeye doyle and he was going to have a wise cracking uh young partner and they were talking about it being richard Pryor. Ooh. now that sounds to me like they were almost going for like a 48 hours thing like with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy yeah. which would have kind of sucked. <laughs> it wouldn't have kind of sucked because if they would if they wouldn't have called it Popeye Doyle and they would have just had Gene Hackman as, an, as a as just another name cop yeah. with Richard Pryor, maybe I could see that and they would have had Richard Pryor play it more straight like he did in the car racing movie that we watched and some of some other stuff where he collar, when he was yeah. younger. Yeah. It, it, it might have been good, but I guess Gene Hackman said, you know, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Plus, you know, he had already done two, and, and both of those movies were great, uh, so he probably didn't want to push his luck.
1: It's funny, so, I, also, I also read that, that um, about, uh, it seems like Sylvester Stallone was uh, dealing a little at this time with a lot of movies that got passed around, because mm-hmm. um, I've always heard that he was supposed to be in Beverly Hills Cop, and that got yeah. changed mm-hmm. into Cobra with his changes, and that, uh, even with the next movie we're talking about, Rhinestone, that he chose to do Rhinestone instead of Beverly Hills Cop, and uh, instead of um, Romancing the Stone or something, one of those, like, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, he did not make a good choice, as far as I guess. But um, this movie, uh, it was kind of like you know, Stallone obviously after Rocky. And when did First Blood come out? Do you remember?
1: It's right around this time.
3: Around this time. But I mean, he First had First Blood was
1: '82, so it was a little after this. Yeah.
3: He had made it big with Rocky, so he had some power. Yeah. And the one thing that you find with some of these movies, and I even heard Frank Stallone interviewed on Howard Stern about, um, oh, like Cliffhanger. Uh, a lot of the movies that Stallone did, where uh, like Rennie Harlan or somebody like that would be the director, because Stallone had this. Um, you know when you when you hit it big and you know he hits it big with uh Rocky and then with First Blood and then with Rambo and stuff like that then you and you start getting that that uh you're you are the draw you are yep. the power behind the movie selling and everything he has a reputation for like taking over the movies yeah yeah and changing stuff and saying i want it done this way or i want it done that way sometimes not to the good of the movie and sometimes you know I guess, you know, sometimes he, he turns everything into a Stallone movie, uh, whereas I kind of would like to have seen some of those movies let that, that director uh, do what he does and have just Stallone be the, the character. Uh, but anyway, that sort of happened in this movie. Uh, they had another director at the beginning, and uh, apparently something happened there, and it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't Stallone. Just saying, you know, uh, <laughs> try, trying to take charge and shit. And, uh, oh, you meatball! Yeah, and so then the guy, the guy quit or whatever, and they got this dude. Um, but enough of the behind-the-scenes shit. There's some other behind-the-scenes shit that was pretty funny, but we'll I'll go into that later. But we'll just go over the story right now. Um, pretty much, you have um, this this kind of if you look at it uh which i didn't until i just was kind of reading some stuff right now and i just started thinking uh about um, when you were saying about uh they said that deke DeSalvo you know was a conservative cop and i think that um when they were saying conservative in that case they weren't talking like politically they uh, were I just guess probably talking following, about following
1: the books like the, yeah, the rules yeah. you know?
3: and uh but then when you said that and i started thinking politically i started thinking about like things that are going on today as compared to this movie and there's a lot of parallels you have a terrorist mm-hmm. that's doing shit that's uh blowing up stuff and blah 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 and even if you look at nine eleven with the terrorism in the united states and the uh character played by nigel davenport who was also in play dirty you know which he was fucking awesome in those i was talking about with michael kane yeah. um he is a is a terrorism expert from the UK and his his methods of catching a terrorist or dealing with a terrorist, I guess you could kind of almost say like how the Mossad in Israel, you know, they'd say we don't negotiate with terrorists, uh, and how our country became and still a lot, you know, still is in a lot of ways. Uh, with dealing with terrorists, where there, that Nigel Davenport is, uh, uh, Deek DeSalvo, he had been uh, a oops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: God, ruining ruining us.
3: Yeah, he had been a. Um, he's a combat veteran, apparently. I guess you know from Vietnam, which Stallone seems to like to play a, a lot of these combat veterans. Even though when Vietnam was going on, he went to Sweden and. Coach volleyball, uh, which I bring that up quite a bit every time I talk about Stallone, uh, the, the macho guys that that never fight seem to be the most macho on screen and in uh, politics, um, but. His character—he's seen the horrors of war. He was uh, kind of a, a ranger, special forces, recon, whatever. You know, they always have somebody like that. But uh, they don't go into that too much, other than Nigel Davenport just kind of reading his resume, and that's why he—he's picked to be on this special terrorism task force. But. His thing is, even though he, and maybe it's because he was in war and he saw the horrors of war and how people are treated and everything, his perspective is a little bit different. It isn't like uh, uh, this ultra right wing kind of fascist thing, you know. Okay, if they're if the terrorists are doing this, then we have to, you know, uh, just be iron fisted and go uh, beyond the beyond uh the law or the boundaries of what we would normally do as a right, cop. Right. As far as due process and stuff. And so they butt heads. And uh um I really like that the 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 character that Nigel Davenport plays and everything and how he kind of pushes Stallone's buttons. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see how Stallone is they, they build up they build that up, that Stallone is like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm a cop. I believe in following the law, that's why we have the laws that we have and due process, and people are innocent until proven guilty, and and he doesn't believe in collateral damage, which Nigel Davenport's character is like, you know, listen, this guy could kill a thousand fucking people with one bomb, Uh, so if he's got a hostage, and it comes between you killing him, you have a hundred percent chance of killing him, but the hostage may get killed, you got to take the shot. You, you take the shot. That's the whole thing there for a while. Now, Deke De Silva has a – his partner is a really super cool in this movie, Sergeant Matthew Fox, who's Billy <laughs> Deke Williams. Now, I wish in some ways uh, that they would have explored his character a little bit more. Yeah. Because they really don't. Uh, and he's uh, – him and Stallone are both fucking really cool in this movie, and I like them as a team. Yep. Uh, but Billy D is, is in some ways regulated more to a, uh, you know, the
1: side. He's, he, yeah. He's the, he's the more hot headed of the two. So like he, he's kind of the, uh, the antithesis in a way to D De- uh, to Deke who, you know, but
0: they don't
3: give he, him he, a lot to do.
1: No, he, they just show him like losing his cool a lot and let, and let Deke kind of like talk him down.
3: And, so, uh, Stallone, they, they, um, you know this this movie is not it's not like a a super long movie so that you know you have to take into account when you and Stallone even said that uh, the that the the editing uh, the studio edited this and cut it up a lot so there's a lot of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor that would have made it even a better movie where they do explore more they 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 have a uh, they they show a relationship between him and Lindsay Wagner who later became you know fucking famous for being the bionic woman uh but um when she was the bionic woman on the tv show uh you know she kind of got pigeonholed in that character and i don't think she really did a lot after that but if you see some of the stuff like she did before like in this movie or in uh, especially in the the paper chase i mean she was pretty good you know and yeah. she was good looking chick a good looking woman but a smart good looking you know not just a bimbo you know how they like most of my anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't let it go i can't let it go
1: you know there's a it's it's weird to me but back to um uh back back to billy d uh it's it's weird to me when i see certain actors that in my life i've associated with, with this one role yeah. acting completely different than that one role i associate them with like you know for this one, it's Lando Calrissian dropping F-bombs left yeah. and right, which is always weird. And another one, Joe Spinell in this. Now, I'd seen this... I saw this movie before I saw any of uh, Joe Spinell's, like, horror-type stuff. Uh-huh. But now that I've seen that, like, I can't unsee Maniac, right? So now, jo- uh, Joe Spinell, like, being well-groomed, a well-groomed detective, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it was just weird-looking. But uh, I did like when he yelled at uh, Stallone. He's like,
3: Understand this, sucker! Yeah, yeah, thing it. It's... <laughs> You know, they had said that, uh, I think like Stallone and Spinell were like really good friends, if yeah. not best friends in real life. And I did read that this was the last time that they were in a movie together, so that yeah, was yeah. kind of cool. And Spinell's part isn't really that big, but no. it's he, he does a really good job because you know, uh, uh playing this, uh, you know, uh, kind of pissed off, uh, he's a, he,
1: he's a lieutenant, so he's, I mean, yeah, he's, like, it, he's a rank above.
3: He's dealt with Stallone and Billy D and and they, they kind of, even though, like like I said before, he Stallone or Deke DeSalvis and and uh, Fox's characters don't want to go as far as Nigel Davenport wants them to go, as almost basically being assassins. Yeah, that's what Stallone even says. He goes, you know, I'm a cop. I'm not an assassin. Um, and it's it's the thing about uh to to beat a monster you have to become a monster and then when you look into the abyss the abyss looks into you you know how how are we any better than the terrorist if we torture people if we kill innocent people we're just the same so you have that thing but uh spinel yeah i really liked his character and he wasn't wasn't on screen that long but it was it was a powerful scene and i liked you know how he you know looks sucker you know and he fucking just goes (laughs) he was really good
1: Um, and he was combing his hair in the mirror and the
3: yeah, he was he, he was cool. I mean, Spinal was a cool guy. He had a lot of charisma. I would have liked to have seen him do a if he if he would have done a um a a movie where he was the lead mm-hmm. in a gritty cop movie or something like that. Um, but Lindsay Wagner is now. I thought the, all the times that I've seen this, I thought that she was just Stallone's girlfriend and they were having problems. But uh, I I. I don't know because Nigel Davenport is kind of pushing Stallone's buttons and he says something about, that's why your wife left you. So I don't know if she was if, – if his wife was somebody else that left him and Lindsay Wagner was somebody that he was trying to – I think, I s-
1: think they, they, they seem to have been split up. It, it, Lindsay Wag- – I've always assumed that uh, Wagner was his –
3: ex Or his – Maybe his, like
1: separated wife, yeah.
3: And now speaking of that, in the scene um, – Stallone and Billy D um, kind of have their street like get ups on and they're gonna go make a, a, a bust of this drug thing. And that that was a little bit uh, there there are a couple of scenes in this that, that are not done well as far as believability. Yeah. Like if they're gonna go in and there's, you know uh you know, eight or ten guys in this uh hotel selling drugs and they come in with, you know, guns and they just like March the guys out. You know, it seems like that would be kind of, and they don't even hang. Nobody handcuffs anybody or anything. But anyway, that was just to show, you know, that they 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 kind of uh, are almost like uh, Serpico like cops who uh, you know are street wise. And Billy D, you know, shows that he's kind of hot headed because he sees this little you know boy there in with all these drugs and everything that pisses him off. But Stallone goes to see his girlfriend, his estranged wife or whatever, and she's a, a fashion designer. Now, <laughs> The, the it, I don't know if you've noticed this because you, your, your porn expertise might not be as great as mine. No,
1: yeah, Sammy posted. I, I did. He, he posted about somebody, and I don't say I've never even heard of the dude before, so I did Do not you, see
3: Hillis him. is a fucking <laughs> porn legend.
1: I didn't even know who he was.
3: Dude, I'm telling you what. This guy, when I was growing up, was in every fucking like porno movie there was (laughs) and he was known for being like this you know in real life this hedonist and uh and uh he was a a, a really kind of a a, a, he died just a few years ago and uh and when he died he was he was on the level if okay if john holmes which was a household word was like the king Mm -hmm. jamie gillis was just a little bit below him and he was he
1: was a prince
3: yeah. Yes. Exactly. Honest to God, You're, that, you hit that right on that. But he and he plays a really sleazy guy. He's uh, <laughs> Lindsay Wagner's boss, and he's kind of oh, like, oh,
1: was that okay? That was him. Okay.
3: And Stallone's kind of standing back. She doesn't know he's there, and he's like, you know, I think it would be to your advantage to to go and and meet this client and everything. Like he's almost like going to pimp her out, or he's hitting on her and shit. And Stallone's kind of getting. He's he's a little bit pissed, um, but now. All that said, we've been, I've been sitting here talking for you know 10 or 15 minutes or whatever about all this shit without even saying anything about the, the fucking great, and I will say great with quotation marks, Rutger Hauer. Fuck a duck, dude. <laughs> the first time I saw this movie, now this, I think, if I'm correct, was the first movie, first American movie that Rutger Hauer was ever in. Now, when does Blade Runner come out?
1: Br- we- was that 80? It might have been 80.
3: Okay. because I'm
1: going to look it up. Keep going.
3: The first thing that I ever saw Rutger Hauer in was Blade Runner.
1: Oh, 82.
3: And he was so fucking awesome in that. And so then, of course, you know, you're like, oh, I wonder what else, what else he was in. But because, uh, you know, never heard of Rutger Hauer. And you watch right. Blade Runner, and you're like, my God, who the fuck is this guy? He has this fucking look, and he just is... It's you know he, your eyes are just drawn to him and he has this charisma and then watching Nighthawks, it's the same thing. And I know oh, we yeah. re- we reviewed uh, uh you know the his uh, uh what was is he the Dutch the Dutch movie uh,
1: Turkish fruits Turkish or Turkish fruits. delights yeah
3: you know you saw that charisma and that his fucking good looks. This is a guy that every woman would want to fuck and every guy wants to be him because of his looks and his charisma. He's not too good looking that you're like, it's like the Shawn Michaels thing, you know. (laughs) I was like him, but he was kind of a little bit too pretty and too, you know, the guys were kind of like, this guy's kind of a, you know. Yeah,
1: this is his his first American movie.
3: This motherfucker, the camera cannot help but fucking just go right on. And you have a personality like, Sylvester Stallone, uh, who has a ton of fucking charisma himself, not now. And I will say this: you see Stallone in, like, say the next movie we're going to review, and you think, "My God, this guy's <laughs> acting is fucking." Not, I was talking about Channing Tatum, and you look at like, and I don't want to go into Rhinestone yet because we're going to talk a lot more about it. But you're like, "Fuck," yeah. But then you watch a movie like this, and Stallone is not a bad actor and i mean he was good in this
1: even uh, even, even um i mean maybe even especially this st- in the uh parts that he does where he's not saying anything like, right the, the looks he's giving and just he like, has that charisma yeah, you know yeah
3: and 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 to another set billy d williams the same way mm-hmm. and but rutger Hauer is his presence is so fucking powerful now i will say this another thing is um Every time I watch this movie, when I see the very beginning, and Rutger Hauer, uh, it, it, he plays a, a terrorist who, like I said, it, it's basically modeled after Carlos Carlos the Jackal, but the, his name is uh, Wolfgar, uh, mm-hmm. and um, he's a German terrorist who is kind of a he he is like almost a terrorist for for hire, or he he works for all these. Um, uh, Anything that's against the establishment, like he would work for the IRA, he would work for uh against uh Israel for that's how Carlos the Jackal was. Um, but at the very beginning, I always think, before if especially if I haven't seen this for a while, and they show him when he when they first show him and he's still in Europe and they're establishing his character, he has a beard and dark hair because I always think of Gregor Hauer with blonde hair, and I think, okay, this is supposed to be how he looks and then when he goes to Amer- they show him and he goes to a plastic surgeon before he goes to america and i think well shit he just looks like reitger hauer with a fucking beard but then when they show him every time when they actually show him after he's had the plastic surgery and he looks like Rutger Hauer, you realize how much different he looked.
1: He had – I think he had – I don't know. When I noticed they, it at some, first, I was like, he looks weird. Like he's got puffy cheeks. Like yeah. he had cotton in his mouth or something.
3: They did something to make his face look puffier, make his forehead look puffier. and But he does look really different. And – I think at the beginning, when he is just Wolfgar, before he has his transformation, I think he also has brown eyes, brown contact lenses in, because when he is Wolfgar later, he has, and Rutger Hauer has these piercing blue eyes. Yeah,
1: they show his blue eyes very closely.
3: And he looks so much different. But much like Carlos the Jackal, Wolfgar is a guy who's like a, an international playboy and he likes to go to fucking discos and shit like that. One thing about this movie that changed, and it's like, um, uh, like WKRP. When WKRP was on TV, the TV show, uh, with Dr. Johnny Fever or Venus Flytrap that were the DJs, they'd be playing all this really classic fucking cool music from that time. But then they couldn't use the music – when they put it out on DVD or whatever, said they would put the shitty <laughs> filter music, which is what we watched. Yeah. Because when you read about it, when this movie was put in the theater and they were in the disco and shit, yeah, they were yeah. playing like Rolling Stone's Brown Sugar. And, there was, and,
1: um, what was the, they did have one song in there. Uh, Slow Ride. That was one song that made it, but I think fucking Slow Ride must be public domain because that fucking song shows up everywhere.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because nobody nobody gives a fuck. uh, That was Fog Hat. Fog Hat. Yeah, nobody gives a (laughs) shit. Fog (laughs) Hat's like, ah, for twenty five bucks you can play it. Who gives a shit? (laughs) So anyway, but but I think I would still like to see it again. With first of all, I would like to see Stallone if if they still had the stuff that was on the cutting room floor, have them put it back in. Mm the original music and stuff, I, I think that would be really good. Uh, another contrived scene that I did not like. Okay, I liked when Stallone and Billy D do the drug bust at the beginning, but I didn't like... Um,
1: the one in Central Park in that tunnel?
3: No, I just didn't. I, that's that actual scene. I like how they came up the fire escape and they had the, the shotguns under their trench coats and stuff. And oh, they, yeah, oh,
1: yeah, that that's the beginning one.
3: But... When they get in there and the stuff that happened, like uh, I didn't mind Billy D, you know, kind of going off. But like I said, they had so many of these guys in there; it just seemed kind of, you know, hokey. Or like, <laughs> the, you know, I, uh, those guys could. Uh, there were so many of them. They, I, I, I'm, I can't believe that they wouldn't just all just kind of say every man for himself because Stallone yeah. and Billy D could only catch two of them, you know. And they're not unless they were going to shoot them in the back or something. Yeah, I but guess the that's ad-
1: why, I guess that's why they took in the shotgun so they could spray everybody.
3: Yeah, but I mean if the guys don't have guns and they're not shooting at him, the cops not going to start shooting. Yeah. But um the the other scene that I thought was kind of contrived was uh, just just to re- really manipulate your uh, emotions or whatever that I thought really didn't fit was you had Nigel Davenport's character and Stallone butting heads, and Nigel Davenport saying shit to him just to fuck with him, to get him to to, to, to like challenge his manhood. He was like a football coach that's trying to get Stallone to do more than he wants to right. by, by pushing his buttons, saying shit about his wife and his marriage and everything. And then just out of the blue, they're at this thing, and Stallone goes, hey, you want to go get some Chinese food tonight? And he's like, I'd like that, salva. The <laughs> and then like two seconds later, something happens, and you're like, the only reason that they did that was so that you know
1: you'd have some impact.
3: Yeah, have this emotion thing, and and there was <laughs> one, one scene. There was a homoerotic scene in this that really makes me laugh every time, where uh, they're chasing Wolfgar, and Wolfgar does something to Billy D. Williams, and you would think that if it was in any other movie, it would be like when a guy's wife gets killed or something. And you're like,
0: you motherfucker! Kill you, motherfucker!
3: And he gets so pissed. It's like, wait a minute. And you know what would have been really cool? Is if they did this, like if, uh, the uh, uh, was it Friedkin that directed Cruisin'? Yeah. And, and it had, you know, that fucking spinel in it. <laughs> if they would have, if the, the things that were on the cutting room floor were put back in, and, it ended up that Stallone and Billy D. Williams were more than just friends.
0: Because
3: <laughs> his reaction is like, it's like almost like, dude, uh, you know, you and I are friends, but like if something like that happened to you,
1: you'd be I, like, ooh, shit, uh, stay right here, I'm going to go call an ambulance.
3: Cut <laughs> off the side of his mustache, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not the
0: mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what the but he, you son he, of a bitch, he cut off his mustache. It's his whole personality
3: wrong was that not like some really you know he
1: yeah he uh, was a little upset May i uh, the only was, thing is all i could figure out is he was scared that he actually cut his throat like he wasn't really yeah, that's, that's, that's the only the, i can figure out because they said oh man if it wasn't your jawbone if you he would have cut
3: his throat or if he would have stabbed him in the chest or shot him or something then i could see maybe that reaction because they were partners and they were really good friends <laughs> but it was obvious it was like
1: his face his mouth, like his yeah. jolly yeah. So
3: it's like you screwed up it you you fucked up his beautiful
0: face. I don't know. am I supposed to come on that scar? Yeah <laughs> So anyway, um, one
3: thing funny that I read about this and I could just see this so much because Stallone uh, uh kind of fancies himself an athlete <laughs> and competitive and like they they did say, you know, he he um said that he wanted to do a lot of his own stunts in this. And, and that's like um, a lot of movies, if a, if a star said, I want to do my stunts, the, 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 uh, the, the producers would say, no fucking way yeah, yeah, because we got this much money invested in you. We're, half, we're only halfway through the shoot or a quarter of the way. And if you get hurt, we're going to lose all this money. Uh, but when you have a guy like Stallone and like Tom Cruise now, who has so much power – and he says, hey, I want to do this stunt. Or I want to do that stunt. And Stallone wanted to do a lot of his stunts because he's a macho motherfucker. And he's, you know, like I said, he wasn't macho enough to go to Vietnam. But he is <laughs> macho enough to take steroids and jump around. And they do a scene where he's hanging from this uh, winch. And he actually did that. And they they didn't want him to do it, but he did it anyway. But the one thing that I thought was funny, speaking of Rutger Howard, and I could see, I could see this totally being true because – uh, my perspective of Stallone and how he is, like I said, fancying himself an athlete, uh, being very competitive. Like when they said, like he wanted to do his stunts in The Expendables, and him Stone Cold tackling him and actually physically hurting him because he said make it look real or whatever. And I can see my perspective on Rutger Hauer with that devilish kind of grin and how he, t- how I personally perceive him. They said they would do chase scenes foot chases where they're chasing Rutger Hauer and Hauer had been told how competitive Stallone was and that Stallone uh, to that, that how he liked to lift weights and be in shape and how he would uh, run up and down stair like stairs, (laughs) stadium bleachers and stuff to, to be in shape. And, and uh, Hauer had heard this and heard this and heard this and people talking about, yeah, you know, Stallone, man, he's really macho. He's doing his own stunts and everything. And to not – I don't think to purposefully fuck with Stallone, maybe, but it was just a physical thing because I think Rutger Hauer was more of kind of a guy that would uh, you know, go out and fuck a lot of women and get drunk and have a good time. Uh, And when they were doing the chase scenes, they said Rutger Hauer would outrun – no matter how fast or how hard Stallone was actually literally chasing him, Rutger Hauer was just so fast. That he couldn't even keep up. Howard would just smoke him, and that it would like bug Stallone. <laughs> I think it's great because I could just imagine Roger Howard just be have this grin like, hey, "Go lift all your weights, take some more steroids." He goes,
1: "He's going and smoking a joint and just laughing about fucking." Uh...
3: Exactly, he's smoking the cigarette, standing off to the side, and here's Stallone like, "Yeah, uh, oh, I run stadium steps and." Uh, <laughs> and Howard's like, okay, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> and, and just like, blow it off like it was nothing. Like, he wouldn't even care. But anyway, the Wolfgard character is this ruthless uh, terrorist, and and uh, they show that several times. But the thing, even though he would do anything for his purpose, and his thing wasn't about um, – there was a certain amount of it that was it- ideology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and this is just ba- uh, 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 like the actual Carlos the Jackal real-life terrorist. Um, a lot of it was just ego. He right, wanted right. to be a star. He liked the fame of being Wolfgar. He liked the fame of being Carlos the Jackal.
1: You know, it's funny. He, the, the only Carlos the Jackal movie I've seen is a fucking uh, Mexican-like trashy <laughs> Mexican trash was, movie that actually makes him the hero.
3: Well, they've, done, they've, done, they've used the, the, the name – like in the one with Bruce Willis and Richard Gere, mm-hmm. they've used the name in *The Day of the Jackal*. The the guy was called the Jackal, Edward Fox. Uh, but like I said, the, the 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 quintessential Carlos the Jackal movie is the movie *Carlos*, and it's fucking. If I know it's five hours long, but if you <laughs> watch it, sort of in it's like a uh, the two parts the or something. Che Guevara movie with um, uh, Benicio del Toro. If you just kind of watch it. As like almost kind of like in two parts. I mean, I wouldn't suggest sitting there for two ou- or for five hours right, in one right, place. Right. Yeah, that's how I watch both of those. But it's fucking really good. It's awesome. But he, even though he he is a narcissist, he is ego driven. He loves the publicity. When he blows something up, he's the first person he calls the press and says, "This is Wolfgar. I did this." You know, da da da. da. He loves. uh, to think that he's so much smarter than the cops and everybody else he's superior um, he when he has his first encounter with Sylvester Stallone um, it's like a challenge kind of a thing and he starts fucking with Stallone and he starts you know wanting to have like this relationship sort of with Stallone where he's talking to him and if if he wants somebody to bring a ransom or or to do something, he says, You know, no, I want to salve. he'll tell the cops, I want to salva mm-hmm. Silva, I'm sorry um, but now the, but the one thing is, and I don't know if he does this for his uh because he even though he is a ruthless, bloodthirsty, narcissistic psychopath uh, that still will only go so far, or if he does it for another reason. The part with the baby. In, oh in, yeah, yeah. Uh, thing, Um or or, or if he, I, I think, to me it wasn't because because I'm sure if he if it's a guy that would plant a bomb in a crowded like shopping mall or or cafe. I'm sure there could possibly be kids in there, so he doesn't care. I think it was almost when he did that; it's almost like for a publicity thing, so people would be like, "You know, look, he's not such a bad guy. He is actually, he, he's it's like public relations for him." Right? It was because he cared about the kids so much. It's like he wanted people to 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 like him, or to, you know, to kind of think he was cool or whatever. But anyway, the scene in the uh, they have like uh, uh, several chase scenes and several times where Wolfgar puts himself in a situation. And Carlos the Jackal did the, the same thing in real life where he would put himself in a situation where he knew he was going to like not. He had a chance of being caught, but he would say, okay, I'm going to do this, and there's going to be a whole bunch of hostages here. But I'm so smart that I'll figure out a way to still get away with it, Yeah, get away with what I want, have them say, okay, we got to release it. Because you'd always see where they'd say, I want a plane, I want a bus to the airport, and I want this, and the cops are always negotiating, trying to figure out a way to fuck with them like in dog day afternoon or something. But he was really super smart. Um, You inevitably have that thing – you know the the thing between him and Stallone, and they make good um, uh, opposites. Good uh, the good guy, the white hat, and the bad guy, mm-hmm. and uh, the, it, that 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 kind of that really drives this movie. Um, like I said, a companion piece to this would be the movie Carlos. So if you get a chance, watch that. The, you know uh, I, the uh,
1: a, the movie I was trying to think of is uh, it's a Rene Cardona movie called uh, Carlos el Terrorista. And well, it, there, it almost makes him into like this super spy. It's, he's a totally the hero of the movie.
3: It, but the thing is, depending on your perspective, uh, as a, from an American perspective, that you know, America is always considered pro-Israel and and uh, you know against uh, the Muslims in the um, and 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 our allies are your Euro- European community like Germany and England and everything. To us. Carlos the jackal would be this evil villain terrorist, yeah. but if you were at the time say a a, a muslim or uh like the the german uh, resistance against the german government or against the French government or whatever like that the like he was a more of a left wing kind of a terrorist mm-hmm. or, uh you might think of him as a hero yeah. you know he was fighting against uh you know the, you know, Israel and fighting for the Palestinians or fighting for this. So th- it just depends on where, you know, re- when you think about it, you know, but anyway, um, uh, the basis of our, the tenuous link is, um, uh, 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 like uh, b- blondes or whatever.
1: I, can, and, I well, I, I was thinking after I watched it with, with Dolly Parton, uh, I was thinking maybe it should be sly, sly instead of sly with a blonde, it should be sly with a blonde wig.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, and another thing is, um, I said the homoerotic moment that I felt was a homoerotic moment with uh, Stallone and Billy D, but then almost kind of like uh, with Nigel Davenport. And this is a guy movie, even though they have Lindsay Wagner in there. And they also have uh, Perseus Cambata as Carlos the Jackal's kind of crazy psycho. He did have a couple, some crazy psycho women that helped him in real life. And, uh, but you had them in there, but it's almost like uh, Top Gun, uh, even though you had, it's a guy movie and the, and, and that there's kind of homoerotic moments like uh, that butting heads between Sylvester Stallone and Nigel Davenport and him kind of, you know, pressing Stallone's buttons and everything. And then Stallone finally, like, it'd be like a guy and a chick. Yep. And then Stallone saying, hey, you know, why don't we go get some Chinese? I'd like that. <laughs> Just, so there was kind of like a homoerotic. And there was kind of like, a, to me, and I might be reading too much into this. But maybe kind of a homoerotic thing going on between what? and De Salva. Like they see each other and it's like love at first sight. They're opposites, but they kind of like each other. And kind <laughs> sort of pressing his buttons too, and he's like, You heard my what?" it would be like a somebody else comes along and, and, and you're in a relationship with a, a girl and this guy comes along and comes, but you're kind of magnetically attracted. I think that Stallone Was kind of drawn, or Salva was kind of drawn to Wolfgar, his charisma and
0: everything.
3: Too much into this, but I'm telling you, there's there's
1: making sketches of him, staring at him over overnight. Yeah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) And you also have to take into account that Stallone um, is a cross dresser in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) a couple of times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Oh. uh what did i say uh speaking yeah speaking of drag <laughs> it was funny earlier in this movie when uh i like i liked I, I did like the character touches the flourishes they give um deek da silva even even though he's kind of a as far as being straight laced goes but like when when he chases the one dude down after being dressed in the bag lady drag <laughs> <laughs> He, I, I really like the way he drugged the dude down the subway, the subway uh, 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 pedestal or whatever it's called. The that was uh, platform. Cool. He's that like was, reading him his rights while he's dragging. them. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. The everybody I thought you know, everybody they focus on is very good in this movie, which I I was impressed with. Um. And so, and Sly does look good with a beard. I got to say.
3: Didn't you think that was t- that that right there? That moment where he. Basically subdues the guy and then is just like dragging him down the down the sidewalk. I guarantee you that was not written in there. That was a Stallone thing.
1: Oh, it has to be.
3: Yeah, because he does have a certain sense of humor. Yeah, he's not good at comedy. He's but he's good at. kind of stallone thing if it's something written for him like in the next movie he can't pull Uh, it off like straight up comedy but if it's like a stallone thing like some of the stuff he does in expendables and stuff the little kind of funny things yeah yeah. he's good at that
1: yep um there was an uzi through a guitar in this which i thought was pretty cool
3: that was all yeah
1: (laughs) i didn't know i I didn't i've seen this movie too and i still did well it's like oh shit that's where that was
3: if you were okay say you and i are cops and we're looking for a terrorist in a crowded disco. Would uh, and and you're standing up on a stage and you see a guy across this fucking crowded room dance floor room and everything and you think okay that might be the guy okay would you stand there and stare at the guy and point straight at it
0: he's right there
3: Loaf, here's what we're gonna do (laughs) let's act like Okay, you walk over that way and just kind of like act like you're mingling, and, and I'll walk, I'll, I'll kind of start like trying to. It's a crowded thing. Like, I'll kind of do like my Tony uh, Monero. I'll like act like I'm dancing and <laughs> just kind of get closer closer. And then, you know, we can get behind the guy and just grab him. Start grinding on him, see if he's into him, yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> take him down and fucking handcuff him instead of just like the, both of us walk, make a beeline, walk straight towards him, staring straight at him. And then when we get like 10 feet away, Just stop and stand there and stare at it.
1: (laughs) It did. It it is kind of dumb, but it did make for a great a great like five minutes or so in the but
3: That was bad. I mean, that was just bad police work. (laughs) It it was 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 dumb police work.
1: Um, The uh, Howard, I think, is the highlight of the movie for me. I mean when he blows up the one building in New York, he's just standing there in the phone booth watching it. it looks like he's fucking orgasming in his pants. He's just that's like,
3: it's oh, <laughs> fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> he had this really bad little stud earring though in his left ear. That was not very nice, but, <laughs> um, it was the time. But yeah, I, I did like the opposing viewpoints in this of the, like being a cop versus being an assassin. I thought that was kind of cool. The, and you know, Davenport's line of to combat violence, you respond with greater violence it was like, "Whoa, that's kind of out there, you know, I mean, but you know, some people feel that way, and I, you know, and it's really, it really is. A lot of this movie, it really is like, um, I don't know the the term, but fits in with the you know current events today. Um, with you know, the whole,
3: it's, it's kind of like you might, it's it, you you could all almost say. The shitty thing about this world is is the more things change, the more they stay the same. This movie's 1981. The Carlos the Jackal shit was in the late or like the 60s, early 70s, and things really haven't changed that much at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and say what you will about the 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 stuff that you know went on in Boston, but it was kind of unusual the way it all unfolded too, and the way they pretty much shut an entire city down for one guy you know, it's, it's, it's important that they got him, but, you know, it was like a military siege almost. Um, and it and it's interesting that that whole aspect of it, um, you know, kind of being, you know, reviewed in this kind of movie too, you know, the, you know, with Davenport being on the side of shut all this shit down and no matter what it takes, get the guy and, you know, uh, uh Stallone's character being all about, or being, you know, Focus more on the detective side of things and being a cop, and you know, apprehending the guy the way the law enforcement would typically do it. So, mm. yeah. Um, but the uh, oh, and I really, I really laughed. This is just a little crappy little aside, but I really laughed. Billy D. Williams with at the UN thing. You don't see him a lot after that um, at the UN meeting uh, when they show him the first time. One, he's got. He always had the straight hair, but in this one, it's almost like a mullet in the back. But yeah, it's it's curled up on his collar at one point, and I was already like kind of giggling at that. And then he pulls out this walkie-talkie, and that motherfucking walkie-talkie looked like it weighed like fifty pounds. It was yeah. huge. I, I don't remember
3: if, those; they were I huge.
1: <laughs> I don't know if they were supposed to be undercover, but the, or something. But fucking that walkie-talkie. There's no way you could be undercover when you have a walkie-talkie that's the size of your torso. So, but
3: honestly, that's all they had back then. You know? Yeah. See, mm-hmm. I, but, I remember, um, uh, honestly, God, as a kid, uh, a big thing, a big, a big Christmas gift was getting walkie talkies.
1: <laughs> we had, I don't know, I feel like I've talked about them on the show. We had my brother and I had these Transformers walkie talkies. They looked like two robots, and they had a Morse code uh, like light on the front, <laughs> so you could did actually they, like. could
3: they turn into trucks?
1: No, they were just little plastic boxes that had the shape, general shape of a robot on the front, um, and they had a range of about a hundred feet, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, those were pretty cool though. But um we can get our ratings here. I I really liked this, so I don't have a lot else to add.
3: I did too. Um like I said, watching it for for the, you know, uh, I've watched it several times before. Uh and Mhm. Uh, <laughs> I know that the, that Stallone did say that um uh, the ending uh the original ending was really gory. He said like almost like a um, uh, a Robert De Niro taxi driver ending. Oh wow! And they 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 cut it up and and uh, it's rated R. I mean, it's got a lot of fucking violence and stuff. Um, ooh man! I like I said, I I was like joking at the beginning when I said seven point seven five, but I think I'll give it a seven. Yeah, 7. I,
1: I'm right there too. Uh, seven point yeah. seven five. That's what I was going to give it. And um, yeah, it's got it's 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 got several high point moments. Um, you know, the the stuff with the I don't know what those things are called the sky car or whatever they call yeah. it the that that's all really good the cable car um the uh the subway chase uh out of the disco is really fucking good and um you know joke about the ending it's still it was still pretty cool so yeah um it was a good just good movie all around awesome Uh, Let's take a break and come back and do another great movie. Um, Dolly Parton and Sly in Rhinestone. Oh, I thought you
3: meant I was going to say, God damn, did I review the wrong movie? (laughs) We'll be right back. Alright. But my boss is
2: When I come home after a hard day's work there's nothing better than listening to outside the cinema I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there
1: and play with the bubbles and sometimes i fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up and i'll scoop a bubble up in my hand and i'll pop it and smell my own fart i like to smell my asshole
2: coming out of his asshole
1: Right after we finish recording, I've just decided. All right, next movie. What will we not be watching after we record? <laughs> Rhinestone. I 19- hear that
3: Kurt Cobain was inspired by Dolly Parton. By the
1: way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. The, the Pixies were
3: too. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Rhinestone from 1984. Zom, would you like to introduce it a little bit here? <laughs>
3: country music star must turn an obnoxious New York cabbie into a Mm. singer in order to win a bet.
1: Wacky! Uh. Wacky! (laughs) Wild! Alright, so Rhinestone stars again, our favorite voicemailer. Sylvester Stallone as Nick. Uh, Dolly Parton as a nightclub country singer named Jake. What the fuck kind of name is that? (laughs) Especially if you have a podcast called Podcast Without Humanity. What, what, what? And uh, Richard Farnsworth. Um, He's not really a star, but I like him, so I may say his name. Um, And probably the highlight of the movie, Tim Thomerson, who is pretty funny in it, actually. Um, And fucking Rob Lehman, who is fucking the opposite of funny in every moment he's ever in the movie. (laughs) Um, Plays her boss at the nightclub, Rhinestone. So... um, I was immediately unimpressed with this when I found it in the opening credits that this movie is based on the song Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. Like, I can't recall a movie ever based on a song before. Can you think of any?
3: Oh, uh, (laughs) I mean, I remember that movie, uh, I Walk the Line, or the song I Walk the Line, and then they made a movie called I Walk the Line with Gregory Peck, but it really didn't have that much to do with the song. They played the song.
1: I'm going to play some Glenn Campbell here. uh, I liked
3: know. that song. I liked the, yeah, the song's perfectly So, Cowboy, well, that's a fucking hell of a hit.
1: The fucking, the video on YouTube for this, you know, like of the old movies that would get the little, like, it looked like a pube at the bottom of the film. Like,
3: yeah. <laughs> well, You this- know, something about the, this song is, is um, it was such a huge hit. I mean, a huge crossover hit, both on the pop and country charts and everything, that they could have, I mean, it, uh, It would basically be almost like a Star Is Born kind of a story because that's what the song is. Mm. If they would have made a serious uh, movie about a guy that was a a a fucking you know local singer, whatever, hits the big time and makes it huge, and then you know drugs and all the stuff. I mean, it's it would be great. But then they went this way with it. So
1: yeah, this they went this way. Now this movie does have something going for it. It has a a soundtrack largely assembled. And this song actually, the Rhinestone Cowboy appears in here too. Um, but a, a, a soundtrack largely assembled by Dolly Parton. And I got to say, I'm not the biggest country music fan, but she can fucking sing. I don't know if she oh, can. Yeah. And she had some it, original songs in this that I think she got a couple hits out of.
3: Yeah, a good song, a really good songwriter and, you know, good, good voice.
1: But the, you know, the, the, the. Joke, jokester side of me did notice one lyric in her first song about Tennessee Hills. She said, we're going back to the Tennessee Hills, going to catch a coon. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, uh-oh. I don't think she's talking about the animal. Um, oh my god. <laughs> um, but I mean, to reinforce that too, uh, when you first see Sly, so Sly is a, a, a cab driver. and uh, hey, how you doing? Get oh it? my god. Just- and it was one of those for some reason it's fine to be racist in movies in the 80s again especially against asian people <laughs> i don't know why that is but these japanese tourists are there he picks up and of course they're going to a fucking sushi bar and they're all fucking like i don't know they got their cameras and oh it's bad And they're just like we are going to a sushi bar my uh, jane walked in right then and she's like what the hell <laughs> 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 but fucking glenn campbell riding a horse this is not awkward at all
3: yeah that video is so fucking horrible it is unbelievable
1: (laughs) i'm just watching it all right the um uh, okay i don't know this movie um
3: (laughs) the loan was trying to um show that he wasn't a one trick pony
1: no he yeah that's exactly what he was he doing is, and
3: he is a one trick pony, yeah, he was
1: proving beyond <laughs> all doubts that he is a one trick <laughs> pony <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's good in certain elements he's good quiet he's not good when he did anybody think that him singing like he did at the beginning of this movie was funny?
3: Oh, my God.
1: It's really fucking obnoxious. And when they say obnoxious, that's why I chuckled when you read the thing. Obnoxious does not even begin to describe it because it's just a fucking annoying. Um, But anyway. Um, there's a really crappy comedy line that she says early. there are two kinds of people in this world and you ain't one of them so yeah that's the kind of shit you're dealing with this is a PG rated movie so I guess you, you, you it is what it is
3: and I've seen Dolly Parton in like 9 to 5 9 to 5 I've
1: she's seen. awesome in
3: and she's not yes she's she's sassy and you yeah. know for the kind of roles I mean she's she's not. and for somebody that's not a trained actress she's good yeah and this she, was just badly I, directed badly written, uh, written who
1: directed this shit I didn't even look
3: Just alone. <laughs> It, 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 that's oh, basically what it is, Bob Clark. He did the same thing in this as he did, like I said, in the in the in Nighthawks and in Cliffhanger and stuff like that. He they directed hire, a t-
1: Christmas story.
3: Well, they, no, but what, that's what I'm saying. They hire a director and then Stallone takes over, uh, and that's what he was. And that's what he he did that in this
1: Black Christmas. Yeah, he must have. They must have gotten this guy. You know, he'd already had his hits. He needed to. Have another Yo, pick me I up.
3: know what's funny. Look, it would do this. It's funny.
1: I'm gonna sing Tony Fruity" in a fucking morgue.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have a note in here. Uh, I am really watching this movie at the wrong time. <laughs> I don't know if there's a right time for
3: it, but. And he looks like such a fucking douchebag, man. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, the, the, how how he's he's. Of course, in shape because he's doing steroid stuff. But he's really skinny. He's really cut up, but he's really skinny. Mm-hmm. And his hair is so fucking...
1: <laughs> he has big a fucking Spaceballs helmet of hair. It's uh, a fucking globe on his head. Uh, <laughs> it's so big and fluffy. Fuck. Um, so the, the, the story, there's this... They work at a bar. Well, Dolly Parton and... Um, what the fuck? Rob Lehman. What is his name in the movie? Freddy? God, He sucked. He's um <laughs> he, he's the owner of this. Now was this really a big thing? Was a country well, country western bar's big in New York in the 80s and the early 80s? I'll tell
3: you what, when fucking Urban Cowboy was out with Travolta.
1: That was around was that 70s or was that into the 80s? It's
3: there it was everywhere. I mean, my, my dad for years Wear cowboy hat and cowboy boots,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and but I mean, but she's—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll be honest—he did before fucking all that shit. <laughs> that hit big. I mean, it was yeah, it was everywhere. Um, so they—they
1: uh, they work at the club called Brinestone, and they, this club, I guess, is known. They apparently hand out, or maybe the people just know to bring them in, but they hand out like the noise makers, like party favors, like the you know, those things. And they have <laughs> amateur singers that come on. And usually the, this what this bar is known for is basically everybody making the noises and booing the people off the stage. There's such a rough audience. A bunch of yuppies that are, think they know what country music is, I guess. But um, the one dude they had on at the beginning, was that. Uh, who was that? Because he was actually not bad.
3: Yeah, I don't know who it was. I, I
1: was trying to figure out who that was. I was, I was thinking he was going to be a main character, um, but yeah, he wasn't. So
3: Was it a real singer? I don't see. i um, see if I see any bass. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Because I used to listen to this some- on you know, uh, like classic country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, he had a good voice in there. I mean, if that was his voice, there's a lot of people that, who aren't, that isn't their voice. I think Farnsworth sang his own stuff. It sounded like him. uh, uh this the
3: first um, Farnsworth movie. What's that? Oh, it's yeah, it our, is. Wait. It's a, yeah,
1: we did, the, we did the. Gray Fox. Gray Fox. Did we do any other ones? I feel like there might have been more. Maybe not. Uh,
3: uh-huh. I like
1: Farnsworth. You um, like
3: his mustache. He's a brother in the stash. He
1: is. That dude has a fucking push broom, or had, um, had a push broom. He might still. Who knows?
3: <laughs> I bet you he could slurp up some pussy with that thing.
1: Oh, that thing soaked up all yeah, kinds of nasty.
0: Eat your pushy.
1: <laughs> horny toad. Me, Nick. Um, so. <laughs>
3: What?
1: So so uh yeah, so basically uh Dolly Parton is under contract with this with this guy, Freddie. Um she sings in his club and she's the only person that's popular and she brings him lots of money, but she wants to go out on her own. So she makes a bet with um with Freddie that she can pull the first person she sees off the street and make him popular in the club, and if that happens uh, he's going to release her from her contract to him and help her get her sign her own music thing. Um, if she fails, then he gets to fuck her. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, right.
3: Um. Uh, <laughs> she makes a, <laughs> makes a bet like that. <laughs> right. I bet you five, uh, $5. If I win, I get $5. And if you win, you get to cornhole me anally. <laughs>
1: you get to stick your little, your little dong in between my giant fake titties. Um, now this at this point now I posted some images of Dolly Parton uh, today. She used to be a fox. Uh-huh. She was she had turned a corner by the time this movie came around. Yeah, nine to five, still very attractive. By this one, I think she you know middle age had hit, and she was starting to get you know she's starting to look like a middle aged woman. But still, her fucking waist—it's it, too small. It's too small. Just it's, fucking.
3: When when she, okay, when being an old dude, um, when Dolly Parton, when she was first discovered, they had this every, you know, people used to have these TV shows, these variety shows or whatever. And one of them was the Porter Wagner show. And she was a backup singer for Porter Wagner Mm -hmm. who became like he would do duets with her. And at the time she was only like maybe like 18, but she had those big tits. And, um, And I think back then, I don't think that they were – I don't think she – for some reason, I swear to God, I don't think at that age, being that young, that she had big fake tits because she was kind of – she was more uh, a fuller. Yeah. Like she wasn't real skinny. Then she started getting skinnier and skinnier, but her tits just kept getting (sighs) bigger and staying the same size because if you look at her when she first started – she looked like kind of like maybe she was like about five foot tall, a hundred and maybe thirty-five pounds or something like that. But she didn't look skinny. She kind of had the cheeks and everything. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say she was fat, but she was not. You know. Yeah, yeah. We're full figure.
1: And she, I don't know if she wears like I, I don't know if she was wearing like a corset or something, but her waist looks odd. Yeah, and it, then
3: it, it, there's the, I, I I know specifically the the scene. When they showed her and, and I was – In had her
1: jeans. Something. Oh, my God. Like, and then that see, weird. By that time, she'd, she'd started to get mom butt. And mom butt with her <laughs> fucking waist, she had, it, made, it made her ass look like it was a fucking acre wide. It was awful. And then all I could look at the rest of this movie was the fact that only twice, I think, do they show her not from the tits up like the entire movie is just cleavage yeah. in her face like the the it, it never shows down to her waist other than a couple times and usually she dresses usually she would dress fine for what she is shaped like she would wear a dress or you know or like one part where you did see her whole body she's wearing that thing with the long tassels on it right but it seems like she was still obsessed with this super skinny waist, even though she still was getting a big middle-aged ass, which whatever
3: like a fetish thing. If you see some of these uh, fetish like uh, uh, outfits yeah. where they, the, the women wear these corsets and they make them so tight. That's like Megan Fox in Jonah Hex. I thought Megan Fox, you know, when she first came out and was like really big, that she was really pretty. And then when she was in Jonah Hex, they showed her with this corset on and they had it cinched so tight that her waist looked like it was about as big around as a beer can. I was like, that is not attractive. No. It's gross.
1: So, um, the first person that her and, uh, and Freddie see is Sly dropping these uh, uh, unknowing Japanese tourists off at, well, he says the, he, they want to end up going. They decide, they change their mind from the sushi bar, haha, to uh, a cowboy bar. And he's like, I know exactly where one is. And I don't know if this is supposed to be a joke, but as soon as he stops, he gets hit by, the, by a car. He's a really shitty driver, and he's got that, like, annoying knob on the steering wheel of his car or whatever that thing's for. Um, he is an annoying knob. <laughs> this movie is an annoying knob. The um, They change their mind, and they want to go to a cowboy bar. He's like, I know just the one. He ends up getting hit. He rolls up, and I kind of laughed at the car. Like, they had, like, kind of modified. All oh, the wheels it. were wobbling. Yeah, they, they had this fucking, like, really crooked front tire, so the car's, like, huh, hopping along. And he gets out and yells at the guy and blah, blah, blah. And the Japanese tourists are all scared and they get out and run. He's like, well, the, the cowboy bar is right down, the, right down the street. And weren't they standing right there in front of him? <laughs> He's like pointing down the street. I don't know. He has anyway. to suspend disbelief. Yeah. I'll buy a lot. <laughs> Sus- <laughs> suspend belief that this is a good movie to anybody. Um, the, uh, so, yeah, he, uh, he ends up It is a-
3: good in a way.
1: I, I found... I found nothing redeeming about this.
3: <laughs> it is so stupid that it is. I if you if you watch it, 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 it I was laughing at how <laughs> fucking stupid. I was
1: not. My I was fucking. My eyes were rolling upside down. I and like I said, Tim Thomason <laughs> might have been the only thing I liked about it. Um, he was just very. I don't know. I, I liked how corny and how uh, how like when he when he's at the bar initially and Sly's in there and he just keeps scooting closer and closer there's no reason for him to do it he's just being a jerk and he's like i like my beer foamy
3: <laughs> what Tim thomerson was pretty he yeah was he was a lot of stuff i mean you know for i don't know
1: um so sly always wears these ridiculous clothes too in addition to his hair like he's got this fucking he wears this one padded blazer a lot and with a domino pin on the lapel of it which is kind of weird Oh, I just Ooh,
3: wear that fucking like vest thing. I don't know what it yeah. was. Maybe tried to show up in muscles. His
1: shirt, his his skin tight skull, skeleton shirt was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So uh, they decide they're going to, you know, he's going to be the one. They see him and he's, she's like, I didn't mean a cab driver anyway. So uh, she tries to, throughout the movie, she's trying to get out of this bit. And at first he kind of just leaves because she won't fuck him immediately. And his come on line is so, <laughs> so ridiculous. He's like, would you like to dance? And what was it? oh and maybe get romantically involved. <laughs> what? Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> hey, get romantically involved or something.
1: And so she tries to get out of the bed because he just ba- he just bounces and uh but then she has to track him down. And um they take a quick drive, I guess, to Tennessee because she's going to teach him how to be a country music singer. And to teach him <laughs> they're going to go stay on her dad's farm for a little while. Don't worry about singing and playing guitar. Just fucking show him how to fucking walk like he has something stuck in his asshole and fucking <laughs> eat shitty food and uh, be a redneck. I guess that counts. I guess that uh, makes you makes you a better uh, stage performer. Um, oh, and yeah, and getting the accent and stuff. And like he would always come up with these sayings. Like I don't I don't even remember any of them honestly. But you know, well that's like fleas on a blah blah. You know that kind of shit. Um. What was the line? I wrote this down. I love you on the A-Team. Oh, more bad lines. They're in, the, they're in uh, Freddy's apartment when he sees the Peacock. Like <laughs> stuffed Peacock. He's like, I love you on the A-Team. You're great. Oh,
3: God. <laughs> I guess he's talking about Mr. T. I don't know. <laughs> I'm funny. Uh, uh, let's put this line in. I know it's funny. I know comedy and oh, stuff. Oh, God. A fucking jerk.
1: So she, um, <laughs> she, tra- <laughs> she, when she, she tracks him down. Um, uh, but you know this is you know, this is before they went to Tennessee and uh, they go back to his house and that's where she finds out that he actually does like to sing uh, he plays organ and he lives with his parents who run a funeral parlor and he sings tutti frutti at a really one of the unfunniest things I've ever seen um, but the um, his mom oh, I did, I, I did kind of laugh at that she, his mom begs him not to be a cowboy she said they even get diseases from sleeping with animals <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, uh, you know, his parents are very stereotypically New York Italian, I guess, and they sit down and have this giant dinner and none of it's funny. And they uh that's when they go about down to Tennessee and she meets or he meets her family. Richard Farnsworth is her dad, and he plays in the wild possum band. Um and he sings for everybody. And I don't what was the song he sang for them? Do you remember? Well, I don't know. <sighs> So, uh, <laughs> there's a scene I told, I told Jane about this morning. I was like, there's, because I was, I was like flipping through it at first. Um, and I just happened upon this, the scene with the horses when he says, uh, she's like, there's two things to remember about horses one, not to walk behind them. And then he steps in a big pile of shit and, uh, uh. and, um
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, see how uh, simple I am? And you she's like, a, yeah, like a laugh.
1: that's the, <laughs> uh, she said, that's the other thing. And that fucking, I don't know if what they were feeding these horses. I've been around enough horses to know horse shit never looks like that. These fucking, they must've been feeding these horses chocolate mousse. Cause that was the grossest horse shit I've ever seen.
3: It was, it was uh, like, s- too soupy. a horses uh, had dire mud, butt
1: yeah, they must, fee- they must have been. They must have been. Somebody need to call Peter. It's
3: usually like horse apples, you know. They're, like yeah,
1: round. they're like grassy. It's they're, not like
3: a, a cows have like cow pie, you know. You just have a big mush.
1: Oh god, it was gr- it was all light. Like it was like it was kind of beige, it was fucking ankle deep, and yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> the
3: consistency of, of the poop is horrible.
1: <laughs> well, there was a, there was another really ratty looking uh, rooster they put in there. Was I don't know why they did that either. It was looked like it had mange or something. Did you you all that thing when he was like passed out, drunk in the mud and the fucking <laughs> a, a rooster with about four feathers like crows and yeah, then flies down on there was his something head. Something wrong with that bird. I <laughs> given him the bird flu. Um, there was a dude that put salt in his beer at the redneck bar he goes to, which is kind of odd.
3: Well, I re- my, my cousin Clinton used to fucking, we'd go to this Italian restaurant and we'd down where I live, and he would get his, like, a, a mug of draft beer, mm-hmm. and first thing he would do was take salt and fucking put it in the beer. That's
1: really, I've never I've seen, seen that before. Put it
3: on their hand and lick, l- just lick the salt off their hand, like, and then drink their beer. Some huh. people, that was a thing. Well, like,
1: I don't know if people like salty snacks with beer, which is pretty good, but I've never thought about putting the salt in the actual beer, so. Yeah. Hanging out with Daffy and the guys.
0: Ugh.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. There was a re- uh, so uh, she starts teaching him how to f- be a cowboy. I guess
3: she was teaching him how to walk. That was so <laughs> stupid.
1: <laughs> and yeah, they both yeah, Brett
3: Jock itch. Nick.
1: Was that a thing down here? Uh, um, but uh, Thomerson jumps out of the van- out of the jeep. That was pretty funny. And then you get the Drunkenstein scene. That's.
3: Now, I that guess. was an iconic scene.
1: It is, but... God I'm telling dear.
3: you what, that was his, the look on his fucking face <laughs> and the faces he makes.
1: The look uh, on uh, his fucking every, face is the look on my fucking face. D- too, yes, to exactly.
0: Me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, oh, my God. The, um, and I couldn't believe that Dolly Parton could play guitar with those fucking talons she had on her left hand. Did you see the giant fake nails she had? Those things were fucking like three inches long.
3: That's one thing I not to get off. Top, well, it's sort of on topic, but off topic. Um, I used to hate like in the probably like the eighties when those fake fucking fingernails were really big, and they the the girls in porn would have those long fucking fingernails, and then mm. do it like a lesbian scene and stick their finger up in another girl's cooch with this fucking <laughs> Wolverine like adamantium claws. I bet. And I, it, how could that be you know? I don't know.
1: I bet. Uh, I bet. uh Dolly Parton uh, milked his prostate with those nails, and this in their their Ugh. super hot scene together. Um,
0: but why do you
3: create <laughs>
1: he learned that song pretty quick. I gotta say, he, he 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 seemed like he was a dumb guy, but I don't learnt- know. If
3: it, do you think it has to do with the fact that okay, Stallone actually has paralysis of like his uh, I guess like lower lip. He yeah. said when he was born, and they used the the things to uh, whatever they do to kind of pull your fucking head out of your mom's cooch or whatever. (laughs) And it it damaged his lip. And, but like, it was like when he's singing, okay. Like, of course, Frank Stallone can fucking actually sing and he can carry a tune and everything. But like when Stallone's singing, he's like, Budweiser, you created a monster and they call it me drinking stain, stain.
1: stain. He, he, he cuts the, uh, I don't know why. And
3: he, he says stuff like that, and it's like, okay, you can't really sing, but you're not tone deaf, but then why do you keep saying, I don't know, yeah. he just sucks. He's, the, um, He's a horrible human.
1: Uh, so yeah, they they keep arguing, and he uh, it ends up that you know Tim Thomerson is her ex boyfriend. So he's kind of learning how to be a redneck from him too, which she doesn't like very much. And he keeps running away from her because she she's wanting to win this bet, and she hasn't told him that the her part of losing the bet is is fucking that idiot from the club. But um. The uh, I don't know why they ended up going, you know, they go back to New York City and blah blah blah. And I don't know why he has to talk with his stupid, dumb hick accent, It sound, it just sounds really yeah. awful. Um, but the uh, there was a lady that yelled from the audience, What is that, a hairdo or a launching pad?
0: <laughs>
1: so somebody actually mentions it, and then he said it's something like a breeding ground for spiders, which is pretty funny too. But the I don't know the end like the fucking twist the character twist that happens near the end of this it makes no sense at all like they had to, like they shoehorned it in this movie is fucking almost two hours long too by the way I was not yeah. happy to see that I think
3: yeah like to the people that 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 listen to the show you don't hear this stuff like somebody will say you know uh, why don't you uh, guys review this movie and you, and Loaf's like. Man, that thing's like fucking two hours long. It's over two <laughs> hours long, but it's like a classic that we know is going to be fucking great. But then we end up watching this fucking turd that's two hours <laughs> fucking long of
1: misery. Oh my god! The, I mean, the f- the end is so fucking stupid. Like the crowd, like you know, I'm. I guess I'm. This is spoiler alert. The crowd's into his shit all of a sudden because like he talks about horny women and studs they're, in the audience.
3: Paid <sighs> to fucking heckle him to not give him a chance. But he is, he is so awesome that they fucking – he wins them over. Let me tell you something. If, if you're if you you paying a crowd to fucking heckle somebody, no matter how good – they could get up there and be fucking the pixies or whoever or, or Nirvana. And the crowd's not going to fucking be like, man, I don't care. They're just good.
1: Just yeah, the fucking the, the st- idiot, the uh, Liebman standing on the side. He's like nervously wiping his the sweat off How, what his What do you think of
3: his uh his sleazy bachelor pad?
1: <laughs> I did. I like the neon fireplace. That was kind yeah, of funny. But of course he's got that he's got a remote the fucking giant square remote, the uh, the 80s remote that l- controls every single thing in his house. And it does the dumbest things. He had to have programmed it for an hour because, to do each thing because basically he'll hit one button that'll make doors open, lights go down, and music uh. starts. <laughs> but um, I wonder what happens when you hit the button again. Does it all just like fold back up again?
3: A uh, big thing comes in and just like uh, squeegees off all the cum. <laughs> 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 it's... Uh- Poop and whatever <laughs> some, else.
1: Some poor Puerto Rican maid comes in. Like when he pushes one button, the door opens and <laughs> lets around. out. <laughs> the, um, the, but yeah, the morons and the idiot and the fucking audience, like doing their white people dancing, the pelvic thrusting and stuff, is awful. Uh. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> fuck this movie. You know, what did you think about it?
3: Uh, <laughs> well, like I said, I d- I don't know why. I mean, I, uh, when I was watching it. I think the one of the reasons I enjoyed it more than you did was is I fucking hate Stallone, <laughs> <laughs> so watching him just uh i don't i don't think i i don't I wouldn't say I hate Stallone but uh, i don't hold him up as this iconic figure that some people fucking do uh, I thought it was ridiculous I thought watching him and how horrible he was. Uh, it was like a character study of, of Stallone more than watching the character that he's playing. And mm-hmm. I was just laughing at how – just how fucking literally how just unbelievably horrible mm. his oh, acting God. was in this. And him trying to be funny and failing was so – now, they asked Stallone if there was any movies that he wished – that he did that he wished that – he wouldn't have ever made, and he said this one, and I think that's why it's not on DVD. We were looking up the the uh, the, the the vinyl album of this was going for three hundred and twenty nine dollars, and and then I looked up the fucking CD of this because I think Stallone tried to wipe this off the map, mm-hmm. so it is really rare. Uh, and this a fucking audio CD of this was like going for a hundred bucks. Ugh. And this movie, I mean, you're trying to find it. I mean, of course, on tour, you know, or whatever, where, what, they, uh, the, 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 the thing. Uh, you can find anything, but, I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually trying to purchase this is. is How the uh, fuck does
1: this movie have a $28 million budget?
3: Because uh, most of that was Stallone's.
1: $23 million just, yeah. of it was Stallone's salary.
3: Yeah, and Dolly Parton was in demand at this time, so, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, but I still, I, I, like I said, i would never seen this. And when someone posted the YouTube video of Drinking Stein, I <laughs> shit myself. I thought, oh, my God. And I still will say that that is uh, a so bad it's good fucking moment. I could not, I could not believe Ugh. how bad but still funny that fucking was drinking Stein. Oh God. Anyway. And, and he does these fucking tight ass pants. And for Stallone, like I said, he, for a guy that like lifts and works out and everything, he always looks kind of like his face is drawn and he, he, he never seemed to want to get like big because yeah. I think he was big when he did like Rocky. And then when he did that new Rambo movie, of course he was so bloated from doing HGH, his head looked like a fucking pumpkin. <laughs> But he was always into to be like really, skinny. like he always had really skinny legs. Like when they did the drinking Stein thing, him, they come polyester. up and he's
1: doing a little like, near, 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 yeah, near, dance Polyester
3: nudie suit on and they start his feet <laughs> and go up. And he's, and of course, his pants are real tight. You can see like his cock through the fucking pants and shit. Not as tight as Dolly Parton's pants, though. Drinking Stein. No. And I would have liked to have seen like a fucking, uh, uh, I, I thought Russ Myers would have liked, well, I don't know if he'd have liked her or not. She had the big tits, but he usually liked more full figure you know uh, and ones and
1: women that were willing to show it off
3: <laughs> yeah 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 but you know she had, she does have a pretty face but yeah. her her thing was she even admitted this that when she was a kid they lived out in the sticks in the middle of nowhere uh and it's probably like back in the 50s and uh, the the women that she saw like when they would they lived out on a farm or something yeah, so yeah. they'd only go to town like once in a blue moon and the women that she would see that she she they they were poor so they didn't Go see movies and didn't have TV or anything. The women that she saw and that she thought were beautiful were like hookers, no. streetwalkers in the town. So that's why she wore the big wigs and all the makeup stuff. But her face, she she does have a pretty face, and I can see where she, you know, she's an attractive lady. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, the older she got, she kind of became like a uh, a caricature and a freak show, almost looking, and a lot of plastic surgery. Now yeah. she looks like shit. But anyway, um
1: We're getting our ratings. I give it a two.
3: <laughs> I, like it. Well, uh, I would give this Oh my god, it is it is so bad it's good to me. Oh,
1: it's so but, bad it was painful for me.
3: Um I'll give it a four.
1: <laughs> four. Uh, averages out to a three.
3: Stallone, What a douche. <laughs> what a fucking douchebag.
1: I totally forgot to play the uh another at the this at the beginning, so uh we're gonna play this real quick too, here.
2: Hey, there we go. This is the best. Now you guys are finally fucking reviewing rhinestone. The greatest action movie of all time, you know? Look, it got me sliding my fucking muscles and shit. dolly Parton. And as, as I said before, big, fat, fucking juicy titties, you know? <laughs> fucking. Oh, yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, you know, I was. You know, this film was made in like 1984. I was 38 years old. I, you know, just a kid still, you know? <laughs> just a fucking kid, you know? And fucking I was like, you know, fucking I need to expand my fucking my fucking cinematic uh appeal, you know. Fucking people that see me as Rocky or Rabbit like Sly, you fucking big guy with big muscles. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's fucking me. And, you know, I thought, let's show him how funny Sly is. let gonna fucking love this. Let's fucking let's get the kids watching Sly. Let's fucking get every, the whole family. Fucking grandma, the kids, fucking mom and dad, all sitting down, watching Sly, fucking having good times. So, you know, I fucking wrote the fucking Rydstone no movie, you know? Well, some of them kind of wrote it. I fucking changed it. I made it fucking better, you know? You should have read that piece uh-huh. of shit with, before I got it. My hands are, you know? <laughs> it's fucking great. You know, it's fucking... It's fucking... It's an award-winning movie, you know? It's fucking... One, like, two of those fucking Raspberry Awards or whatever shit, you know. I fucking don't care about raspberry. awards. You know, you know, I fucking turn down the Oscars every year. But, you know, oh, it's, 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 they fucking gave me the Raspberries or whatever. I'm like, fucking, you know. <laughs> so, so I just like I got another award-winning movie on this belt, you know. <laughs> fucking, fucking, yeah. And, it's, uh, you know, it gave me a chance to fucking... Prove that I'm the greatest fucking singer of all time, even though you fucking guys fucking put me first place in your fucking karaoke, you know. This fucking soundtrack of this movie, fucking sold billions of copies all over the world. <laughs> yeah. Fucking billions, you know. It's fucking great. You know, it's got the fucking, the uh, fucking Drinkenstein fucking song, you know. But why are you creating a <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah it got him chicken died yeah i'm fuckggy i could ca i can see that whole fucking day, you know it's got fucking other great songs stay out. My bedroom. <laughs> you know, that was fucking great. All you guys fucking got hold of that soundtrack. You fucking... You like listening to Sly and Silver Gold, You love fucking listening to that soundtrack. You know, fucking... <sighs> and fucking... is fucking Donnie Parton's best fucking songs ever. She fucking loves fucking the songs she did with Sly. She's like, yeah. I fucking love the songs I did with Sly, you know. She fucking is a combination of my big muscles and their big fucking, big juicy titties, you know? We fucking got along great. You know, people, people like fly. You know, you two fucking had a great time by that movie. What happened? You, you know, what happened behind the scenes, you know? Fucking, hey, fuck you, scumbag. You fucking <laughs> you lady. I'm not going to tell you what kind of fucking obscene shit we got up to. Just fucking... You know, it's not, it's not my fucking place to talk about, you know, what we do, my fucking, you know, fly in his big fucking dick and his big muscles and diet and his fucking big juicy dick, you know, fucking, that shit just ain't for fucking public consumption, you know, fucking, you know. a <laughs> fucking, fucking picture you he just posted. You know, fucking, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of chism yep. involved in fucking my big dick and uh, fucking my titties, you know? You know, I'm not gonna fucking talk about that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we did everything, but you know, I'm not gonna talk about that. It's fucking great. It was fucking great, man. It was fucking good times. You know, fucking, you know, I fucking gave her, you know, some of my mama's meatballs, like in the film, and fucking, <laughs> she, Ate some slime, be bored by disease. <laughs> you know, it's fucking, uh, that's all I'm gonna say. You know, it's also when, uh, when we made, uh, fucking Rhinestone that fucking everyone fucking realized how fucking important Sly and dolly was. So they gave us a fucking star on the fucking Hollywood Walk of Fame at the fucking same time because we're so fucking famous <laughs> and shit, you know? It's like, you should have fucking given this nation fucking years before, but, you know, fucking time it just worked out right, you know? We're both on Rye's Fucking, let's do it. Let's do it now. So, yeah, we got fucking Hollywood stars, fucking Rides Dog. you know? It's fucking, that's how good it was, you know? <laughs> yeah. And fucking, it's fucking, uh, you know, I fucking made uh, Rides, though, like between Rockies 3 and 4. You know, that's why Sly's looking so big and muscular. You know, Sly's always big and muscular. But, you know, especially, especially about that. People like, Sly, you fucking, you made these Rocky movies, you're full fucking big and shit, and you fucking doing this Rides over. You fucking, you're great. You're singing, you fucking, you got Donnie Pye, you fucking. You know, fucking, you, you can fucking act. You're a fucking star. And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking, that's fucking understandable. You know, people just fucking, like, didn't fucking understand how amazing Sly was. If people know it now. People are fucking, you know, fucking like, Sly, you fucking great. And I'm like, Yeah. You know, right, so you you made fucking billions of dollars. People fucking love that film, so I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. Uh I know you're going to fucking love that shit. You fucking, you love the titties, you love Sly, you love fucking Sly singing and all that kind of shit. So it's, it's perfect fucking material for your show. I can't, you know, I can't fucking think of a single thing that's fucking wrong with that film. You guys, I can't fucking wait to hear you guys talk about that. These, these films are going to get fucking 10 out of 10. I can tell, you know. Fucking end of year, you're going to fucking build them, like, number one, two, your top 30. It's fucking brilliant, man. Thank you very much, you know. Slides fucking appreciates how much you love his film. <laughs> you know, fucking... I'm oh, I'm going to go and fucking work out now. I'm fucking super pumped, man. This is going to be a big workout. I can tell, man. It's fucking like 20 hours or something. G, you know what I'm Oh, man. Yeah, I can't fucking wait. You know, fucking, it's good. You fucking, you go, guys. You fucking love Sly. Fucking, just get, you, what you should do, it's because this fucking episode is going to be so fucking good, just carry on fucking reviewing Sly movies. You know, fuck everyone else. You fucking... Fucking, why the fuck would you want to poison your eyes watching other shit, you know? <laughs> just fucking watch slides. Fucking, just fucking, what you get to the end to all those live movies, just start again, watch them all again. You know, fucking watch Demolition Man again. You fucking love that shit, you know? <laughs> fucking brilliant. Ugh. <sighs> Ugh.
1: <sighs> so I think about six minutes into that, I'm gonna psychologically break this down. Seemed like he might have overkilled it a little bit. I think he. I think he was being a little defensive. I think. Uh, who,
3: who are we talking about?
1: I don't know, Justin. Um,
3: oh. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh, let
1: me see. Hang on, I gotta see if this will play.
0: But was you
3: what? Film rave. Listen to that podcast. <laughs>
2: But wiser, you created a monster, and they call him Frankenstein. In the <laughs> tavern down the street is the laboratory where he makes the transformation all the time. And a shine of Dr. Bud is a pint of monster blood, and it does affect me different every. <laughs> but why are you created a monster and they call me Wright.
1: Alright, let's take a break and come back and do no feed sack except one more slide. Uh, we'll be right back. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll be right
0: back. Yeah. I am okay. Okay. gonna <laughs> take
3: If you're enjoying this podcast, perhaps you'd be interested in GleeCast. You watch your tone, young lady. Hey, we're not forcing you to
1: download the internet's best, or at least most booze-filled podcast about Glee. You want to be me? Who doesn't, Sue? But we know we can't be. Instead, Erica and Emily... Uh, Emily and Erica.
2: am I? I just don't know anymore. Uh, I would love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview.
3: Sorry, we get off topic a lot. The point is, listen to GleeCast following every new episode of
2: Glee. Plus,
3: our sporadic
1: bonus content on some of the greatest bad cinema that incorporates musical theater or sweet dance moves. Going to ask you to smell your armpits. <laughs> the right or the left? That's
3: that. the smell of failure.
1: Your smells like Dove. Mine has a Pleasant Lady speed stick scent. Kind of makes me think of candy canes.
0: Your resentment is delicious.
1: Visit gleecast.potomatic.com or search for us in the iTunes Store. That's gleecast with a K, part of the Palaver.com family. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Missing from this <laughs>
0: place is <laughs> a couple dozen. What do you left? rotting in shallow
1: graves under the floorboards.
0: We're working on that. Are you laughing at the age of that? <laughs> 1663 They gave me time for arm robbery Now one night late I made my break Stop this Jones! say it's too late to quit I can't stop
3: There, all right. we don't really have, have any question, feedback. Dude, this may sound stupid. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, is Glee still on?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay,
3: yeah. I, I don't know. I, mean,
1: I guess I've never watched I've, I've, I didn't make it through the first season of that shitty show, so <laughs> but Glee cast is still gone, so that's the it, important. Did
3: they ever do like the Pixies or anything like that?
1: I don't fucking know. They did, uh, um, they maybe? did a Rocky Horror show. I know they did. I don't know what they've done, honestly. I think somebody at work was listening to fucking Glee soundtrack the other day It sounded like assholes. So.
3: Uh, All right. Stay. We got
1: one more Sly to play. He wanted to talk a little more about uh, Nighthawks. I should have played that earlier.
2: Yeah, well.
1: All right. We'll wrap this shithole up.
2: <laughs> hey. Here we go. This hey, is long this time in here. Uh, I, I already called you about night hugs, but you know, I got my brain juices flowing. Because, you know, brain is another fucking important muscle in the human body, you know. When Sly starts working his brain muscle, I just can't stop. It's like all these other muscles. That's why I got such a fucking big brain. Yeah, fucking night hugs at me, so this is the load I'm fucking I'm the fucking cop. You know, running around fucking got me and then he's got fucking the bad guy played by Rukkahu. You know, fucking <laughs> he's fucking European and shit. You know? And 'cause he's European fucking when we're filming, uh, between scenes he'd fucking just strip all of his fucking clothes off, <laughs> Fucking just run around in the nude. It's fucking you know, it's pretty strange, man. is fucking, fucking strange Europeans. He's doing all kinds of weird shit. You know, don't get me wrong, Sly fucking struts around in his underpants so everyone can see his fucking muscles and shit, you know? But he fucking... This guy's fucking rook you know? He fucking <laughs> took his underpants off as well. He fucking got it all hanging down and so fucking everyone can see. Not that he had, like, a lot there, you know? Sly's got a big dick, but this guy's just got, like... A normal fucking man-sized dick, you know? Nothing <laughs> nothing special, you know? And, you know, fucking... Brought some fucking good energy to the fucking film, you know? Fucking, you know, he fucking... Yeah, it's good, man. It's fucking, you know... It's fucking between scenes. He fucking take him off. Then when we got back to it, he put all his fucking clothes back on. We it straight down to it, you know? It's fucking... I think I, um, you know, wouldn't mind getting him out set for, like, Expendables 3, the greatest action movie of all time, you know, <laughs> fucking, we could all fucking get stripped down, fucking, people can keep their other pants on if they want, or if they just want to fucking release all the fucking energy, they fucking take everything off, you know, it's gonna be, you know, fucking create a good, good fucking atmosphere, you know, unique energy. I'm fucking into that shit, you know? Actually, I'm, I'm going to go and call fucking down now, you know? Fucking get my boy, you know? It's going to be fucking great, you know? Good times. Ugh.
1: Ugh. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Feed Sack. Alright, you can always send us Feed Sack to 206. 339-1600 or to Podcast at gmail.com find us on itunes on our webs- or on our website silvaandgold.com, or on stitcher radio uh, and join our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash gold. almost dropped below 200 but we're back up to 201 yeah
0: oh,
3: damn what
1: happened I don't know too much, oh. burp- too much burping and farting um, so uh, next week on the show this one's for emily the Deadly Doll, uh, we're going to do a couple of baseball movies, as I talked about earlier. We're going to do Field of Dreams, um, and we're going to pair that up with a, one I haven't seen still, uh, A League of Their Own, um, so pretty well-known movies there that <laughs> had eluded me for years and years, yeah, and um, you know. I'm a sucker for baseball movies, so it should, should be a fun one.
3: And Emily is like one of my favorite, probably my favorite person in the world. Probably? That's a woman.
1: Oh, okay. Well, and it's um, not like a guy. I no, mean, like, that's a totally, there's a different lot category. of guys
3: that are way better than, you know. <laughs> I mean, Emily's awesome. Awesome. Just Emily just is awesome. Emily is
1: awesome. So, um, oh yeah, they don't have a, uh, they don't have a promo yet, but, uh, check out, uh, Emily and Christine, um, check What's out from? their podcast, the feminine critique. Yeah. And I don't remember their website, so sorry about that. But, um, they're on iTunes too. So find them there. I just use my podcast app. So I, I, I never know, uh, what what websites anybody uses. Cool. That's about it. Zom.
0: Hey, do we
3: go?
1: Got anything else this week, sir? No,
3: uh, yeah,
1: Okay. I don't have anything either. So, until next week, this is Loaf.
0: Oot.
3: This is Drinking Stein. Dr. Zom. Dr. Zom. Time. night It's Stein. Oh, oh, oh,